Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. I'm Pat Contry, and my guest, returning guest, is Norman Caruso. He is the gaming historian on YouTube, and he's got a Blu-ray out, and his recent videos are outstanding work, the story of Tetris and the story of Rob the Robot. Norm, how's it going? Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. My one-year one year anniversary of being on the podcast originally. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm still doing this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at I, first, I'm surprised too. Are you really? I, I, no, at I'm first, at first you, you usually stick with whatever you do. Isn't that the key though, to being somewhat successful in a creative endeavor, endeavor is just to keep with it and keep doing it? As it you've is. shown I, over the years, I think people get down like early on if their stuff doesn't do well right away and they just quit, and that's just not the right mindset. So yeah, that's so funny because coincidentally, um, I, I seriously didn't plan this. I'm just, I guess, a, l- a little psychic. Uh, my podcast Q and A topic going up on YouTube today. The segment is YouTube and streaming unrealistic dream jobs? Question mark. Someone had a question: <laughs> Is that being a YouTuber, or a streamer professionally, is that unrealistic? And obviously it's not. If someone like Norm can do it, anyone can do it. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but, but is it at this point in time difficult to break into and to be a success? I would say it's a lot tougher than it was even a couple years ago and even a couple years before that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot harder. I always tell people that I'm super fortunate I started 10 years ago because it was a lot easier back then. So. But it, but even starting t- starting ten years ago, there was a lot less people doing it. But it still took you years and years of plugging yeah, away it, to get to where you are now. Yeah, it. I I started ten years ago. In my seventh year is when I went full time. Seventh so year. S- seven years of making videos is a long time. And so the first few years, you probably weren't making anything. No. Uh, maybe some blip money here and there, right? <laughs> yeah, and then blip went belly under. Oh, I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Belly <Yeah>. under. <laughs> I like that turn of phrase. <laughs> um, so 2017 was, a, a um, I would say, a not, not, not necessarily coming out year for you in my eyes, but it definitely was where you I saw you most active than I've seen you. And really? You, you got yourself out there in terms of, well, I think just because, you know, seeing you, I mean, being your roommate at 25 conventions the past couple of years huh. and, and having you do the Blu-ray and getting your face out there more. And I think you've gotten a lot more recognition, at least that I saw with with um, with your uh, longer form work that you've been doing mm-hmm. really over the past couple of years. But, um, you know, even stuff like um the Konami code, stuff like that, where a thousand people have done videos on the Konami code, but you do your little spin on it. Your your Steve Jobs at Atari video was very entertaining. So you're not just going for the, the, I guess, surface level topics. You're, you're, you're going a little bit out the, off the beaten path here and there. The Super Mario brothers movie, the whole history of that. Yeah. Um, and looking at it from a historical perspective. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've stuck to your roots, so to speak, even though in the past you've, I feel you've uh, you've experimented with other things like a podcast for a short while, but you've come back to your bread and butter, right. which uh, which is what I feel is obviously your strength. You feel it's your strength. You've been doing it, but now you know you see it paying off more so than ever. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, twenty seventeen, I I didn't make as many videos as I wanted to, but um, yeah, I think it was more of a refocus here where I was like, yeah, let me stick to what I'm good at, and that's the longer form videos. So. Obviously, the longer form videos, you're going to see less of them, but that's that's what people like. So that's what, you know, 
I try to stick to. Are we are we coming back around to longer form on YouTube versus I know when you first started your Patreon you thought you were getting a video out every was it every other week? Hey, you, it, you, originally it was every week. And I said <laughs> every, that I remember every, telling you that's kind of insane. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I lasted I think 3 4 months doing that and then I was like, yeah, this is not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. But it pays off if you're putting a lot of work into this. Like I know this story of Tetris video, you put in I don't know, a couple hundred hours work. I mean, how many hours of work did you put in? I, I, okay, so I started that video in August. August 1st was the day I I bought research materials for that video. And uh, the problem is you start researching it and you realize the scope of it all. And then you're sure. like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't put this out in a few weeks. So I have to put it on hold and then I have to work on something else. Yes. So – that's the issue that you run into with the longer form videos, but yeah, I, easily over a hundred hours. Easily. Oh yeah, I don't even know how many. The probably the closest thing to it, in terms of well, you had a cameo in it. You showed up for your two cents. Was the Stame events video I did, and I was like, <laughs> well, I'm actually doing research on this video and talking to people and gathering as much sources as I can. I still hit a brick wall here and there, but you always do, yeah. But it was interesting. That um, um. Well, I, I, in terms of that video for me, not to make it about myself, like I tend to do, but it, it, I struggle with that. Well, if I, I put some goofy Pat the NES punk stuff in it, will people lose out on the knowledge aspect where people won't focus on that or know, know that's in there? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's just sort of the brand I have. Maybe I should have pawned. I should have given you all the information and ghostwritten it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have given you credit. You don't, have to, credit? You, don't, you don't have to be a ghostwriter. By the way, Pat uh, helped me out with this. But no, I see what you're saying. I spent, um, I probably spent somewhere between 60 to 70 hours on that video. Yeah. Uh, research, writing, donning that stupid tracksuit, talking to people on the phone, like uh, video game journalists and collectors about what they thought, uh, they thought I was going in the right direction, trying to get Howard Phillips to return a Facebook message <laughs> yeah. or, or phone call, and just trying to put together what I thought was most accurate. Uh, piece which you tend you probably have to do mm-hmm. but at the end of it based upon the views i got i'm like wow i realize i'm making minimum wage working on this video and i was yep. like that's not smart even though that's what i want to do but it's not smart and able to sustain a mortgage or eat right yeah i mean i i ran into a similar thing with twitch like i love streaming on twitch but i i crunched the numbers and i was like i'm basically making like three dollars an hour streaming on twitch twitch is a lot of fun but if i use those hours i streamed on twitch and worked on a video it'd be much more beneficial to me so so, so you I don't like, do it. I, I scaled back on the twitch i still stream on twitch but i scaled back on it big time well i think the way to go with that is to i guess obviously hedge your bets if, ah, if you're gonna play a game for fun you might as well stream yeah you know? that's, i guess that's kind of what I, that's kind of what i'm doing now yeah is i used that, to have a schedule you used to have a schedule where you do I used it, to I, yeah um, I, I'm I'm gonna start it up soon as soon as I get off my lazy butt and get my desktop put together, because uh, la- la- this laptop's powerful, but not to stream like probably high end stuff. That yeah, you'll you'll want a desktop for streaming for sure. Not that this is uh, I, I, this is a good deal. This was a new egg deal. It's got the GTX 970M in there. It's not too bad. It's good. Um, me and Ian bought this the same day actually a couple years ago. It was like a one day yeah. insane new egg sale. We're like, oh, we yeah. gotta buy this. We're, we're saving like six hundred bucks. We <laughs> gotta jump on this. Um, 
but a refocusing year again. And um, I know you've been you've been public with other things like uh, your mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that took some courage to do that. Uh, absolutely. But you felt the need, I guess, to say, "Hey, listen, this is nothing to be ashamed of." Uh, a lot of people go through this, and he- here's my experience. Yeah, it's uh, the more you talk about it, the less of a stigma it is. I mean, it's super common for people to. That what I learned is that everybody experiences. So I, let me start by saying I was diagnosed with anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, and uh, the thing is, everybody experiences anxiety, but uh, it's how you react to it when it becomes a disorder. Um, so I was reacting to it the wrong way. And, uh, you know, I went, you know, when you first experience it, like a panic attack, I thought I was dying. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I thought I was going crazy or dying. And so when I went to the doctor, he was like, the the minute he was like, oh, you have anxiety. I just like, I calmed down so much just to know what it was. You just calmed down immensely. And, uh, Started seeing a therapist. I got on medication. I started eating better. I started working out again, which I'd fallen off that wagon. Uh, actually, I just went to the gym this morning. But uh, oh wow, you, you got you got you got your swole on. I got my <laughs> got my swole on before recording. Um, but yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot better, and uh, it's my my therapist said anxiety is one of the worst feelings in the world, but it's also the most treatable disorder mental health wise because it's really just changing your way of thinking um so yeah i and, and i wanted i wanted you know i have a platform i wanted to to let people know about it and that hey this is a lot of people have this it's not a big deal you know so was it it's treated was it uh you said you changed in diet and exercise may yeah. have not may have contributed to it maybe you're busy uh busy convention schedule i know you said 2015 was the busiest you had your blu-ray come out you were pushing that yeah and there's also the i think there was a lot of pressure for me to get out i mean that tetris video was, was oh you, you think that you think that contributed to it absolutely absolutely like the pressure to, to release a video um definitely contributed to that i think i actually saw a uh, this is like random shit um I saw Smooth McGroove um, put out a video. He hadn't posted on YouTube in like nine months. He took a huge mental yes, health break. Yes, I watched that too, and that was that was like he was spot on with that. Absolutely, yeah. he was saying that. Yeah, I sort of like he, he kept trying to do an, an analogy to a computer and a virus way of thinking and being in a programmed routine every day. And right, I guess it just it just got to him, broke him down. Right, um, and. I think that's sort of the danger of being a content creator that what we do specifically where we're on a quote unquote set schedule, we're not movie actors that work on one project, but then they work on something totally different. So it's a change of pace. If you're doing the same exact sequence of events over years and years, it probably does eat at you in some aspect. It does sort of get you and affect you. And I think you're starting to see that with some YouTubers as we meant enter like the middle age years of YouTube being around and sort of the middle age years of a lot of our careers, we are getting to, I think an identity crisis at, at points between us um, where either I've seen it with, uh, with mutual friends of ours where they get really down on it or um, they feel like depressed because, you know, it's 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 like you choose to do this, obviously, but doesn't mean it's less difficult or any less 
mentally stressful than a nine to five job. Right. I think that's what people have to understand. You know? Yeah. I mean, in, um, one thing that helps is to maybe treat it like a nine to five job. Like when you had, when I had my nine to five job, I took vacations. I took sick days. Um, you know, so, but when you do YouTube, people are getting the mindset of if I'm not working on a video right now, I'm, I'm not being productive. And, uh, <laughs> other, other people, other people are deciding that for you, that yeah. you're not being productive. Yeah. That's <laughs> you lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, I got some pretty hateful messages on Twitter about that Tetris video. And Did you so really? I, I muted a lot of accounts. Yeah. People you, were, you, you don't block, you just mute. Yeah. I don't, I prefer muting. Muting I is, I think, more evil than blocking. Well, the reason I like to block is because then they can't interact with people that want to be constructive or have a conversation. They don't mm-hmm. see anything. They see none of that. You know, that's why I like doing that. But I I like muting because it's like somebody like shouting, shouting, into, the shouting into the void. Like yeah. they're yelling, but no one's listening. Well, so. But what could they possibly have a problem with a video that with that? Like I told you, I think I told you at a convention that you should have done a Kickstarter alone just for that video. That's what that's what my wife said. Oh, well, then we, you know how well, you know how well, how well we get along. Yeah, I think she's in love with you. Um, no, I like anytime I would tweet about something other than the Tetris video, I would always get one random person like, you know, I'm I'm gonna curse here. Why aren't you fucking working on that Tetris video? And it's like, okay, wow. you, yeah. It's like, wow, are you are you paying for this? I mean. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's I mean, like they think they think they think that's like you're working in a cubicle and they're like in their suit and they're running down the the office corridor to yell at you like they have the like they have the authority to do that. Yeah, I always think that's just, funny. Just some hateful messages. Um, and it, I, I get people are excited about the video and they want to see it, but like that that doesn't <laughs> help. And then they'll be the person to say, "Oh, nice vid, keep it up, bro." <laughs> it's like you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> or, they'll, or they'll watch it and then like a minute after be like, so when's the next video coming out? Yeah. Do you like, think that's, God. <laughs> do you think that's um, an unfortunate side effect of the content delivery system that we live in where yeah. it's instant gratification. Instant. You can watch anything. Yep. It's a Netflix culture where, you know, we, it's not like you go to, you, you had to run the blockbuster and hopefully the video, hopefully they had the VHS cassette of what you wanted to see. And then hopefully mm-hmm. it wasn't, taken out by someone to watch yeah. now it's instant gratification you don't have to wait for anything um yep. you know and i think that sort of feeds into it not that it's a spoiled behavior but i don't think they realize how good it is versus what it was maybe oh, that's what God. It is. yeah uh, actually i it, it's not only with like entertainment it's with the news as well like instant news is like a, a problem i think <laughs> i go to your tw- news like instantly I go to Twitter for news feeds. Yeah. Everything breaks on Twitter. Yeah. I uh, right. actually read an article yesterday, last night about a guy that he deleted all the social media and he only got his news from newspapers. So he subscribed to like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal and like his local newspaper for like two months. Oh, and those evil, those evil newspapers yeah. coming out the raddest YouTubers. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> he said like, you know, it was very refreshing to like get like really well well thought out journalistic news like with with accurate headlines it's not like instant hot takes on the news <laughs> insta takes yeah insta takes <laughs> so 
I still can't. I can't believe someone had a problem with your Tetris video. And that was your uh, the, obviously the most work you put into a video, they, right? They didn't have a problem with the video. They had a problem with how quickly the, I was working on it, I guess. I, I think <laughs> I think it's funny that I you know, when people these will be the same people probably that will never think about, Oh, it's gonna take two years to make the Avengers movie. You know, are they yelling at the uh, yelling at Marvel? Where is it? Why are you why are you guys on your break? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm it, I, I I'm the game. Get back to work, is, Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> you can't quit Captain America. <laughs> Actually, I was I was think I was uh, watching this like video about like what these actors do to prepare for the roles. I mean, they start like their workout regimen like 5 months in advance of shooting. Oh yeah. So it's like those movies take forever to make. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they've been done with Avengers. They shot them back to back, so Avengers 4 there it's going to be probably a year of, of post production and it comes out next May. You know, yeah. and that's how you, you you deal with these movies right now, but but I, I think it's it's the it's the you can't get in touch with a Hollywood producer or a Hollywood star the same way you can easily interact with content producers like me and you. Yeah. So isn't that really the main difference? Is is that you know you can if you want to tell us we're, you're, uh, we're an asshole, right? We're lazy. It's a lot easier <laughs> to do that with a YouTuber yeah. than than Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier. I mean, you can definitely tweet at Scarlett Johansson, but uh, I don't think she reads her tweets. I think she has like a, an assistant that like, assistant goes through it. Have, yeah. have, you, try, have you tried Norma's this experience? <laughs> Scarlett, Scar Joe, I love you. why don't you answer me? I will. I'll bankroll the Black Widow movie myself. <laughs> Maybe I should. Uh, I should do the workout regiment for my videos. Like, all right, I have to start working out. <laughs> Three months before this video comes out. You do a bunch of heavy shoulders and traps, since that's yeah. all you see from yeah. when, when it's framed like that. Yeah. It's like, wow, my, Norm's traps look huge. My legs are like sticks. <laughs> <laughs> no no leg workouts. Neck day, back day, shoulders, yeah. cheek cheek exercises. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood does it. I'll do it, too. Uh, yeah. I, there's no – I think the, the there's also the discipline – Getting back to, I guess, the grind work. I, I have been asked by people that work, quote unquote, nine to fives, like, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay disciplined? And that's not easy to answer because we make our own schedules. Yeah. And it's sort of like uh, work or, or die. Like, no one's forcing us. If we don't decide to work, no one's going to tell us to work. No one's right. going to tell us to produce. There's nothing hanging over our head besides our own personal failure. And, of course, monetary failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if, I, if I quit tomorrow, I could not afford to live in Castle Country. Absolutely not, but um, <laughs> Castle Country. <laughs> but you see what I mean, though. We have to keep ourselves going. We are our own bosses, and that's what appeals to me in some aspects. But it's also a danger. I think you have to have the, have the right mentality to do this. You know. Yeah, actually, you know, I this is the first time I've ever worked for myself, and I will say, like, after doing this, I will. Ne- I don't think I could ever go back to a normal nine to five job, just because I love being my own boss, and I'm. I feel very. Uh, privileged and blessed to like have this job so i'm not saying like woe is me my job is horrible but it's 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 very different oh yeah i you mean play by a different I, set of I, rules i always i wish there was a way i wish it was like a um like ncaa you're forced to play basketball for a year i wish youtubers were forced to work a real job for a year 
and then they get drafted <laughs> by YouTube. <laughs> no, like they know that YouTube career is waiting, but maybe they just have, <laughs> only post once a week. But then they're forced to work a shitty nine to five job, like I did or like you did. Oh, I worked. I was working fifty plus hours a week, stressful hours. Yeah, me too. So that so that when they come out, not only do they not necessarily they will appreciate it more, but they'll know what's on the other side. But they'll also know like there's a huge difference in work uh, in terms of uh, work attitude but the, but also you learn interaction like going to college you learn how to interact with people yeah so so you're not just tweeting off fucking awful shit or putting out <laughs> videos that are just fucking terrible and stoking fear and you know whatever else um i know where i'm going with this it's early for me um. I, I i think youtube should have a draft they have like a youtube minor league system <laughs> It's like a sub-site of YouTube, and then YouTube well, you, will draft who they want, you know? And, and, then, then, and then you can then you can filter out all the all the garbage, because, like, no one's going to draft, you know, the the crap channels, right? So, so does Alex Jones get drafted then? What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Undrafted free agents? So, so, so what's, like, the uh, – then what do you go to, like, the Canadian Football League? You go to, like, uh, Steam It I at would that say, point? I would say VidMe, but VidMe's <laughs> – <laughs> oh well, we knew that was coming. Steam it. How's uh, speaking of that? I mean, you you try to keep it secret from me when you had your little meeting with you like, oh, I'm going to be doing content on a new platform, and I guess oh, everything yeah, but yeah, the yeah. one. So you're yeah. now producing content on Facebook. I am, yeah. So how did that come about? You know, they reached out to me. I okay, we got a we got an email from them. They were like, hey, we really like your show. We love your Facebook page specifically. <laughs> which I was like, huh? Trademark. And, and they were like, you know, we're we're trying to boost our our presence in the gaming community. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. And uh, I thought it, Kristen and I read it. And we thought it was a joke email. We thought it was like fake. But uh, we talked to them, and they fake were news. Like, yeah, that was fake news. Well, a lot of that going around on Facebook. <laughs> so they're like, hey, we'll 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 help boost your Facebook presence, and you make content for us. So I was like, okay, that seems like a win win. And I got involved, and. Uh, yeah, so we do on Facebook. I do stream. I stream for two hours on the weekdays, um, and then I also do these little like today in video game history videos on Facebook, kind of like bite bite size, digestible content. Uh, that's that's good for Facebook. It wouldn't necessarily work on YouTube. So, so that's stuff that you don't put on YouTube, like couple minute videos, just like quick, easy to do. Yeah, they're like four or five minutes. They're just like, hey, here's what happened. You know. 15 years ago in video game history kind of like bite-sized gaming historian stuff so when you stream live is this a sort of thing like twitch where people play see you play games or you just mm -hmm. do a q a or is it both yep. it's uh it's 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 just like twitch so like this week i did a playthrough of super mario brothers 3 with no warp whistles i played through every level you know like like a real gamer and, as uh, a gamer i appreciate that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh you know people it's fun because um, it's, I dis I've, I've been discovering secrets I didn't even know about in Mario 3 because someone in the chat will be like, hey, uh, go down that pipe and I'll, you know, you know, you discover new things about the games. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the history of the game while I play too. And actually yesterday I played through Super Mario Brothers 2 on the Famicom disc system, like the actual disc system. So I had it hooked up uh, on my uh, analog NT mini so it had hdmi out so it was like the highest quality stream ever of super mario brothers 2 so it's fun so your facebook audience obviously you can tweet it out and then they come to facebook to watch it and then people mm -hmm. share it on facebook 
So is, is there an ecosystem like Twitch where they can tip you? Or do you get ad revenue, or is there is there a different revenue system there? Um, so they have there. It's very new. This you know, Facebook. This whole Facebook streaming thing is very new. They're they're obviously they've had Facebook Live for a while now, where like people can turn on their phone and be like, "Hey, I'm at the mall and I'm buying shoes or something." You see all the little hearts and stuff in right. faces, yeah. Which uh, so now they've added the ability to stream through a desktop and stream some gaming, and uh, so they do have like you can take donations from fans. You can have like moderators in the chat. And they still have, like, the hearts and happy faces streaming across the video as well, uh, which is actually really cool because uh, you see people's, like, instant reaction to what's going on. Um, but, yeah, it's it's still very new. They're they're improving it. You know, every every week we get an – you know, I get an update. Like, okay, we've added this feature. So it's pretty cool. And so we spoke about before about time going different areas you saw this as you know you did the same thing similarly on twitch where you put your time into that Mm -hmm. but you see this being as a better value streaming on facebook live versus twitch yeah and it's only so it's only for two hours on the weekdays so i look at it as like this is my break so like i work from you know i wake up usually at like nine o'clock i work from nine to one i eat lunch and then I stream on Facebook. I play either a game I just want to play or I play uh, something that I think my audience would really like. I play for two hours, and then that's it. So so in an hour or 20 minutes, you definitely have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to finish before then. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not, I'm, I'm not streaming today. So. Oh, you're not? Oh. Nope. Nope. So you're, you're allowed to take days off. Okay. Yeah, it's it's up to me you know, when I want to do it. But I, I always believe that like, if you want to be successful with streaming, you really need to have a schedule. So, cause you want sure. people to, to tune in on those um, days. So. And then the videos can go up and people can watch them afterwards. The same mm-hmm. way like on yep, Twitch. They, yeah. They archive the streams. Yep. I'm trying, I'm trying to click on one right now, but uh, Super Mario two on the Famicom disc system. Mm-hmm. So you ran that, you ran that off the analog NT mini. Yeah. So I an- analog, uh, you know, they have their, their FPGA systems now where it's like a, a hardware recreation of the actual systems, which is really cool. Um, and uh, so I have the NT mini and I have the super NT and the NT mini it's, it's so perfectly uh, replicated. You can play the Famicom disc system on it. Like you can plug in the Ram adapter and, and it works. It works. It's you have a, it's you have a working amazing. disc system. The, the belt's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. At first, I saw that. I was like, is he using a flash card for this? He's like, oh, no, he's actually using a hardware. Yeah. And actually, while I was playing, some guy entered my chat, and he was like, I don't see the big deal of, of playing this on the real hardware. Why are you? Why do you even say that? And it's like, maybe you don't understand that this, this piece of equipment is 30 years old. It's a 30-year-old piece of electronic and now you're, equipment. You're, and then it becomes HDMI. <laughs> yeah, and now it's HDMI out. From a three-and-a-half floppy. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, when you, it's pretty incredible. So when you do a setup, I mean, I'm looking at this. It's pretty cool. I mean, this is probably what you did on Twitch. Um, you have a little donation thing. So you're using a software to manage all this. You, you show the game title, the top left, and the mm-hmm. artwork. So you have to set that all up before you start? Yeah, yeah. You got to – you gotta, you know, I use OBS to stream. So you have to set up your little scene. and mm-hmm. uh, So I make all the, all the stream scenes and uh, – the, the latest donation pulls from like a Facebook page where it shows where people donate, so it'll show up automatically there. Oh, that's it's, it's almost like it's just like a code, and it pulls like the website from it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. I got to learn all yeah. this stuff when I start streaming. I, I keep putting <laughs> – I feel like I'd be pretty good at streaming. I just have to do it. It's – I will say, like, getting into it, it was very intimidating. But once you get going, it's actually really easy and intuitive. Uh, sure. Twitch or Facebook. It's it's really good. Well, you know, maybe you put in a word with the Facebook folks, you know. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's available to everyone yet. I think I think you have to apply to do it now. Oh, it's old school, old but, school um, YouTube and Twitch. <laughs> uh, Twitch, obviously, you can you can do it with anybody can do it. So, well, I am partnered on on Twitch, except I never use it. Uh, so. Yeah, take advantage. I mean, you have every NES game. You can just play NES games. <laughs> do they frown upon using a flash cart for ease? Is that frowned upon? No, people know you have the games. Or do people use emulators sometimes? People frown on emulators. I think. Is that what they frown on? Yeah, but if, you, if you're playing on an actual NES, I don't think people care. Okay, so I'm to make sure. Because yeah. I, am, I am working on a, a certain Super Nintendo guidebook, so I figured, well, why not play those games before I That's write perfect. the review? There you go. That's perfect. And, you can get, think you people, get people, can watch, people can watch me write the review. They yeah. can write, I can share my, my Google Drive with them. <laughs> you live stream you writing. That'd be great. That would, be, would that be interesting? Like, you see me do the research, look at the old manual. The scan the manual and do that. <laughs> I, that go- I I tried I tried streaming, uh, me editing a video one time. How did that go? Um, I it was okay. I think people really enjoyed it, but I personally felt Hated uncomfortable because <laughs> I was like, I kind of like to be in my zone when I edit, and I felt weird like commentating as I edited. But oh, you felt I need to commentate. This is where I'm doing a cut a quarter second more for the yeah, greatest impact. I was impact. like, I was like, ah, I don't like how that scene transitions, uh, so I'm going to cut it back here. And add- no, that's awful. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, I, I, I only did it once. I don't think I'll do it again. <laughs> I'm going to color correct this blue, make it pop more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, are like, no, it's perfect. Leave it yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I like my editing to be a mystery. Yeah, you don't want to tell people how the sausage is made, right? Right, because it could have horse lips in it. Is that what the expression is? No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, um, you had a heavy convention scene last year. Oh your, God, yeah, your your heaviest ever. It was like ten. You did? I think you did about maybe, only maybe two 12. less than I did. You yeah. did twelve. Yeah. I don't, the reason was, well, we did we we made the Blu-ray, and I was like, I want people to be able to buy the Blu-ray, so I'm going to go to all these conventions and let them buy it. And uh, man, that was that definitely contributed to the anxiety. Oh yeah, I, and that's one thing <laughs> I forgot to bring up before is the work. I remember when I talked about being tired about traveling conventions. I wasn't complaining. I'm saying, hey, this is the reality. I'm tired. And someone's like, whoa, you just go to a convention to hang out. And it's like that's not what I'm doing. That's not what Norm's doing. Or Gerard. we're not just hanging out. Hey, like, that's, that'd be, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's yeah, just that, go to a convention great. and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> we should actually do that at one of these conventions. We should go to like a Midwest Gaming Classic and just hang out and yeah. just walk walk around. Yeah, but no, it'd be it, great. The, the travel alone kills kills you. At least kills me because I'm going east to I'm going west to east coast a lot, mm-hmm. and so I take a lot of red eyes because uh, that's really the best way to do it. Otherwise, you waste a whole day. Um, but then again, if you don't sleep, it's wasted anyway. Um, so the travel can kill you. Like the travel just saps you of energy because you're not getting real sleep even if you're sleeping on an airplane. It's like your body knows it's fake. You know, it's like <laughs> not even a power nap. Like yeah. when you're on a plane, even if I've slept three hours in a row, four hours, I don't feel rested at all. 
mm-hmm. you know, because you have people yelling all around, you have babies crying, people drinking at three in the morning on the plane somehow. And so, but that doesn't count. Like you get to your event uh, early, you have to get your, you get your badge. Okay. You find out where you're at. You, you at, my, at least in my case have to somehow either set up or unpack a hundred books um, set it, you set up your DVDs, you sign some books, you set up your displays and whatever else you talk to people, you talk to vendors, and then maybe you grab a dinner with a roommate that doesn't want a room with you like Norm. Um, and then you, and you what? turn in and that's what I always <laughs> room with you. What's that? I, I always room with you. I think our, I think we have like an 80% rooming ratio. I think it's convention. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think there was one last year. I think you ended up with, uh, Dan that I was shocked. Uh, oh, that's right. Or I was with John. You were with Dan. That's right. Uh, last year, and then we end up. Well, we end up, we always hang out. I think. I think um, it's not that we should. You think we should be branching out to different people? We should. Meet, we should see other people when it comes to conventions. We should expand our group. Or are we just. We just comfortable with our little clicks that we have at our conventions. I think we should see other people. <laughs> we should see other people. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Well, we ended up in uh, at the Sushi Village in Jersey last year. We had like the group of like twenty five people. Yeah, table. yeah. Doesn't that pretty cool? Like that was sort of like, wow, these are the people I see at all these conventions all the time. It's almost like a second family, I guess. And you like stood up and did a speech. You like clanked your glass. Do you remember that? I wasn't drunk. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Were you shocked by that? You're like, who the? I was like, yeah. what is he doing? I, you know, I felt wistful. Yeah, of course. It's no, not it was, always gonna... it was a good time. The CFO always... guys were there too. It's not always going to be like that. Well, yeah. eventually one of us is going to go our separate ways and you won't hear me singing in the shower anymore at a, at a random Sheridan. Yeah. You know, and I'll you, be, <laughs> <you'll> be sad. <laughs> uh, but that gets into, I, I guess, as we grow older and we splinter off our time into everything else, you know, it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. I don't think it won't be the same maybe for me, for you. Who knows? Maybe you start doing uh, you start producing PBS shows on the side eventually or whatever else and then okay i can't do this as much anymore i can't make this convention as much and we're going to grow older and find different things yeah and is that is that scary or are you going to embrace that if that happens i i think uh i think i'd embrace it yeah i think it'd be an i mean any any exciting new opportunity i would i would embrace that fully if, if pbs came to me and was like we want you to make a show i would i would probably drop everything and you would dress and be dedicate my life don't, to that. Don't tell Facebook that. But yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> is is that the dream though? Is to be like, all right, break out into outside of the um, Insta content world and yeah, into... yeah. I would love to uh, to do some really well produced stuff for television, even like the movie, the movies. Like, it'd be amazing. Did you ever think about? doing a Kickstarter for like a series like that, like a Ken Burns history of video games sort of series. You know, I I've thought about it, but I'm too, it's the, the task seems so daunting that uh, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. All right. We got to talk offline. We can do it. We can put it together. <laughs> I'll be the creative consultant. Why not? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Oh. <laughs> I got some experience in production. No, it's it's as you know, stuff like that is a ton of work. I mean, you you were a big big part of the video game years, so and that was a ton of work. If if you if you do your own documentary series, would it be almost like uh, what you're doing now, but just a lot more in depth? Or you figure, okay, I got to hire people to help me put it together different contributors 
Yeah, I would need a lot of help. I mean, the uh, I think about the Tetris video, and uh, I had my my friend uh, Sean did the illustrations for that video. Uh, there's a lot of illustrations in that video, and uh, he that was the first time I like had help in making a video. He he drew like eighty illustrations for that video. It was a ton. Um, of course I, I, I paid him for every drawing, but I definitely think I, uh, stressed him out big time, but like that was, that was like 80. one of the first big, big, like production value things I did for a video. So, so you weren't, you weren't content just to do the Ken Burns thing, find images of people and cause be, no, be, be, no, be I mean the same image like a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> all, and all, a lot of those meetings took place behind closed doors. So there are no images. There's like, what do you even use? So my my new go to is like you know like it's i can't i don't have the budget or uh contacts to like go and interview these people so um i'm going to illustrate it or i'm not going to illustrate it i'm going to hire somebody to illustrate these scenes so yeah but now i think about like making something for pbs or like the movie theater uh it's that times 10 or 20 i mean <laughs> it's a lot of work you say the movie theater, the the cinema, the silver screen? The cinema, yeah. The, the silver screen. <laughs> so, yeah, somebody said I should submit the Tetris video to a film festival. but I was, You probably I, could. I don't think it's good enough. It's feature length. It is, but I, I seriously don't think it's good enough. Well, we'll just do it for the hell of it. Why not? Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, the, there is a, a cost to submitting to some of these film festivals, but what if you got into Tribeca, let's just say? That'd be huge. You know, then I could do know. the little, the little like olive branch <laughs> thing, like so, official so, selection, <laughs> official selection, Trenton Film Festival. <laughs> yeah. There's film festivals everywhere. And back when I was, I was in dabbling in short films, I, I got selected, I think only two or three, but yeah, that was a little dirty little secret is that, yeah, they charge money to submit your, your, uh, yeah, your, your short I, film. I, I get why they do it. I mean, they don't, they, they want to make sure you're serious about it. They don't want someone submitting a bunch of like you remember the simpsons when they had a film festival and man getting hit and hit and groin with the football was like a top contender (laughs) (laughs) you know they don't want stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) i guess there's a simpson episode for everything (laughs) there there really is it's been on for like 30 years yeah there's a there's a simpsons reference for literally anything in life did we just pass the 30 anniversary no we're coming up it was like 89 right Yep. Uh, Simpsons. Well, yep. well, Tracy Ullman was before that. So was that early 89, Tracy Ullman? Anyway, it's a side. I know you're a huge Simpsons fan. I, so. I watch a lot of Simpsons. I Just the early stuff. I don't go past season nine, probably. Yeah, that's when it started to get a little weird for me, too. Yeah. The, I got I got to hold on to the good stuff. The, the first sort of, the, uh, I think Matt Groening had left by then, and all the original writers, Conan O'Brien, they were all gone by then. Yep. And everyone, so they, not that they weren't, that's when they really made Homer an idiot at that point. Yeah, he kind of lost his charm. He he kind of just became a buffoon and not like a three, as much as you can say three-dimensional person anymore, right? Yeah. So so he started off as just like a a well-meaning family man who just maybe out of of touch and then he became just a buffoon. Right. At some, at some point, but that's what. And he became the star of the show instead of Bart. Bart was like the first few years. Oh, Bart, Bart was, was like the was the star. Yeah, he had that rap Bart, song. Do the Bart Man? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit the bar, man. You, you, you go to. I always, I always measure pop culture worth based upon the seaside heights boardwalk and what you see on there of course <laughs> yeah and it was bartman posters simpsons on um, bart simpson who the hell are you yeah fucking posters all these stuffed animals and plastic ones remember the huge bart simpson one they had mm-hmm. the talking bart simpson doll yeah they had other like lisa and everything but well all the, all the video were. games were bart based too all the video games except for the best one simpsons arcade which yeah unfortunately never got a home console release and that is one of the best uh beat em ups ever i thought opinion. that got i thought that got an xbox live release oh, i mean originally no console releases for this okay game. oh gotcha gotcha almost all of those licensed beat em ups from the 90s got no console release or not yeah. in its form they got a shitty alien versus predator one on the super nintendo had nothing to do with the excellent arcade version mm-hmm. um spider-man um the arcade never got a release and that is, is an awesome uh, beat-em-up. Ian never heard of that game until I introduced it to him like six, seven years ago. Wow. So do you know the Spider-Man beat-em-up? He's like, really? And that was never on. That was never released. I don't think that was ever even re-released anywhere. Um, it was just a weird sort of moment with all these licensed games coming about because you can do them a lot better in, in the early 90s era, both on the console and in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go look at that Spider-Man arcade game, have you ever played it or seen it? I, I'm i like Ian. I had no idea it even existed. Huge sprites, like beautiful graphics. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man, Black Widow, four-player cabinet, Sega. Uh, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Submariner, they got in there somehow, and Hawkeye, <laughs> believe it or not. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. So, Hawk, so Hawk. Hawkeye at the same time was in was weird to see. He was in the Spider-Man beat him up, and then he was in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. He was in both. Um, and the Avengers has its charm, too. Uh, and that's good, too. But it was incredible, the Spider-Man arcade game, I thought at the time, uh, for really capturing the essence. And, of course, you had the Genesis version of Spider-Man. That was okay uh, at the time. I'm really going off on a tangent now. Uh, <laughs> as, as this, picture this conversation, everyone out there, but in a Hilton somewhere. Yeah. And this is how me and Norm communicate. That's, Norm's that's just like, how it happens. Pat, and Norm's just like, go to fucking sleep, Pat. We gotta get a big day ahead of us tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to hear this anymore. I really don't. <laughs> Look, j- just put on some, um, put on some uh, forensic files and let's go to sleep. Uh, yes, that's this, the forensic files is, is so. <laughs> what was the other thing we were watching? Oh, National Lampoon European Vacation. Oh my God! Yeah, we we watched that. They had a vacation marathon on AMC at uh, Classic Game Fest in Austin. They were playing all the vacation movies. And we watched the European Vacation. That is just not that good. Look, look like watching no. it now no. with that weird uh, song. New <laughs> looks. Beating <laughs> <laughs> down the street. What was so bad about European Vacation? More so, I mean, the first two Vacation movies. Yeah, they're a series of almost like vignettes or short, short um, film moments, like stitched together because they're road movies, right? Yeah. But at least there was, like, a running theme or themes, really, in the first one. Right. In European Vacation, there really wasn't a running theme besides Rusty Wants to Get Laid. Yeah, you know, and, like, the at, little the end, kid- at the end, there's, like, some, like, mob guys or something that just, like, randomly get introduced. And the, Yeah, they have some, like, French mobsters or something weird. Or No, no, they were, they were in – were they in Italy? Yeah, but, they went to Italy. But, like, they inserted them halfway through the film – and it was just like, okay, they had to wrap it up somehow. Yeah. And, That's and what it, it and felt they, like. And they had the one guy keep showing up a few times from uh, from Monty Python. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Idle shows up. It was just awful. <laughs> it was just terrible. Yeah. And then, and then the running jokes with the daughter missing her boyfriend back home. Like that was her whole character arc, if you can call it that. It was just it was just awful. Don't see your P vacation unless you want to see how not to make a movie. I guess that's what that's Norm's next uh, next video about the history of the vacation. Yeah, there we movies. go. Although I will say Beverly D'Angelo always looks great. Always, she was like childhood crush. Oh, that that's that's that scene from the first movie made us all a man, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up that day. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, transition years. We're growing older. You're now. Are you officially in your thirties now? I'm thirty. Yep. You were thirty. I was thirty. Thirty, flirty, and thriving. Do you feel different being thirty? First or twenties, you don't care. I really don't. I don't feel any different. Is thirty 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 is a new twenty two? Sometimes I sometimes 30? I forget I'm thirty. Yeah. Do, do Do you think we'll get to a point where do you think our, our fans grow up with us or they move on? Or hopefully, or we'll be like the Three Stooges where we're going to be 75 years old and still trying to, you know, throw pies <laughs> in each other's faces. We'll still be rooming with each other when we're 75. Do, do the reunion tour. Do the reunion tour. <laughs> YouTube reunion a, tour. There'll be a reboot movie with all of us. <laughs> yeah. We'll do like a retro air reboot in 25 years, replacing that, us. That's a good, now, that's a good question. If if someone was to make a movie about your life, who would play you? Oh, my God. i I tell you who I've been compared to, but. Who? <laughs> <laughs> People say I looked like Johnny Knoxville, and then uh, you said yeah. George, George, you said George Clooney when I was in high school, and the guy from Green Day. Those are the people that I've gotten. Before. Guy from Green Day, I see Johnny Knoxville. I see George Clooney. When I was his, in high school, his, his hair is so much different. Well, I guess I had a George Clooney Caesar cut in high school. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually just got my hair cut yesterday. But let's talk about that—the obsession with your hair and your videos. You I think from, I think it's over now. I hope. Is it over? I hope. You went from short to long in 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 and uh, lustful locks. Yeah. And now it's now it's like medium. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I found a happy medium. <laughs> was that was that strange when you saw people obsessing over that uh, as much as they did? It's it's so weird. I now I know how like how I felt all these years. Well, like or even like female celebrities, how like the the magazines obsess like with how they look. I'm like, so this is what it's like. I mean, it was it was bizarre. The problem was you have people that care more about what your hair looks like than what's in the video, and I was like, I can't, I can't have this. This is. But isn't that the so you bowed to their wishes and cut it? Is that what I really did? did? I was just oh, like, I'm, Norm. I'm, I'm tired of this, so I, I cut my hair. Oh, oh, Norm. <laughs> I mean, he, here's the good thing: long hair is a lot of work. Well, you got to condition it. Um. And I was I was tired of that, so it is nice to have a lot less work going into your hair. But was uh, this a decision made on your own, or did the wife have any input on the hair? <laughs> I consulted with a lot of close friends of mine, and <laughs> I made the decision. You you had your your board of directors meeting about your hair. <laughs> yeah. Next up on the agenda, my hair. You have a bunch of like poster what's, art. Shows. What's funny is I just like on a whim I was like, okay, I'm going to cut my hair today, and I went, I got my hair cut, and then I went and hung out with uh, Pixel Dan. And Pixel Dan, like, didn't even notice my hair was cut for, like, three days. And then finally he was like, did you cut your hair? He just, like, randomly discovered it. So it's like, does it really matter? Does hair matter all that much? It grows yeah, back. It, does that mean you're going to shave it? Is that the next going to be I'm shaving? going full bald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wax ballless? every hair on my body. <laughs> oh, God. Was, that, was that one of your uh, Pixel Dan weekend excursions? 
That was when, um, yeah, he we were filming uh, from Plastic to Pixels season two. So, is that is that coming back? Do you do those every now and then? Still, it's can? supposed to. It's uh, you know, I've we've we've filmed everything. I've sent him you know my narration. So I think he's just he's busy like we all are. You know, he still has a full time job. So, which is crazy. I don't know how well, he does it. Yeah, I've I've talked to him enough about that. <laughs> you do that intervention style. Dan, I, sit down. Dan, sit down with Norm and everyone else here. <laughs> no, he, he he's uh, Dan's great. But uh, it, he's it's got some to... secret secret project going on too. I don't know what he's up to. Is that what that tweet was about? There was a tweet about something. He's got something going on. Something. Yeah, we're, maybe we're, instead of an intervention, let's just interrogate him. Should I, should I call him up right now on the speaker? Hey, Dan. <laughs> Dan, you're live on the podcast. We have a question for you. Yeah. You're not going to be rooming with us ever again yeah. unless you answer it. Yeah. I want to talk more uh, now about, I guess, um, how, how do you choose your topics? I don't think I ever asked you that before, your, your topics for this. What, it's whatever you see that interests you. You're going through some yeah, history it's, books. Yeah, it's really on a whim. Like Sometimes I'll be researching something else and then I'll it'll stumble me into something that I thought was more interesting. So I'll be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this now. Is that how you did Sega Pods? <laughs> I would have never Sega done a Pods video. was I was in Pittsburgh on my way to Com Bravo in twenty fifteen. This was several years one. ago. The last one we went to right? last, yeah. the last one I went to. And we stopped at uh Game Master's Realm, which is this really awesome game store near Pittsburgh. And he had a that boxed Sega Pods, and I I had never seen it before. I was like, "What in the world is this?" So I just bought it, and I was like, "I've got to make a video on this." And I finally made the video. That's that's kind of how that came about. And is it good to do a video where you reveal something that most people aren't even aware of? It's not like Sega Pods was that well known. It was it was part of like the weird Sega toy line when they did that. Yeah, Sega, Sega's made weird random toys throughout their whole existence. And this was just another one, um, but I did that? I did the one, the the, um, the drawing one that I I just sold. What the hell was it called? Uh, the the one that's like teal blue. I can't I can't remember the name. What was that one called? Are you talking about the Pico? You're not talking about yeah the, the Pico. Pico, the Pico. Oh okay, yeah, <laughs> Pico. Yeah, I, what what's uh what's sad is like the the topics that are kind of mysterious and weird and people haven't heard of. They don't do as well as the topics that everybody knows about. Because people won't be searching for it. It won't spark their interest necessarily. Yeah. Like the, um, like my most popular video is the story of super Mario brothers two, which I think is a universally known fact about video games. I never heard. Is there something peculiar about super Mario brothers two? Well, Pat, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is my most popular video. And I think the second most popular video is the one on the dreamcast, which again is, I think everybody knows about the Sega Dreamcast, but maybe it they they see it and they're like, maybe I can learn something new about a topic that I thought I already knew about. Maybe. And your least your least uh, let's see your lowest views uh, Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the NAS Library Book Review. That's your least. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that review you paid me to. I, I paid you right. To do. Yeah. You sell out. No. If I paid I, if I paid you, I would have got a better review. Uh, from it, <laughs> I, keep, I keep telling people that it was paid. I, I know I've spoken to you possibly about if you're interested in doing a book at some point, and you've sort of thought about it, but it doesn't really interest you at this point in time. Um, my 
my problem is I think I'm a horrible writer. Oh, then, yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah. <laughs> are, like, are you sure, though? You've written all these scripts for these... Yeah, but I don't know. For an hour video. I think a script for a video is different than a book. Like, it's a lot different. And I, I, I just think about how long, like, the Tetris script was, which I think was, like, 25 pages long. And I'm like, could I it t- take that and turn it into a 200-page book? And it's like, that'd be insane. I don't know if I could do that. Well, you can do multiple stories. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. It's 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 something I've always wanted to do, but I'll I'll bankroll you, Norm. I'll be your publisher. Let's do it. Okay, uh, it'll be fair. I'll give you a ten percent revenue split. Be great. Ten ninety. Ten percent. Ten. That's what a lot. You'd be the monopoly what, man. That's what a lot of uh, publishing is. It's really bad. It's like the same thing when the, with uh, music uh, with bands in like the nineties with CDs. They that's didn't insane. make shit off CDs. Yeah, that's you ever hear insane. those stories where a fifteen dollars CD the band would make like a quarter on. Yeah. Or something ridiculously low because they were yeah. getting screwed on the contract. It's just nuts. Yeah, but, but you you self published the ultimate yes. Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, the the only real advantage of having a publisher is that yes, they bankroll you if you need the, if you need the funds, but then they have a team to help you. But if you can get your own team to do it, or you can do your own layout, or get help to get your own illustrators, that's really the only difference. And of course, they market it if you can't. But we have built an audience so we can market our own stuff. Right. So it's more valuable for us, I think, to keep it in-house. Uh, like, people always would, would ask me, or I thought about it, um, you know, what if you got your book in Barnes & Noble? But like, yeah, that'd be cool, but then so what? It's just an ego stroke. Mm-hmm. Because people wouldn't go to Barnes & Noble to buy it, necessarily. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't find it by accident and buy it. You know, are, are people into retro video games going to go to Barnes & Noble necessarily and, and find it and not already know about it? You know? Or, or, or look for it themselves on Amazon? You know what I mean? So... Well, yeah, like, honestly, like, the retail industry is changing so rapidly right now. Like, online sales are surging, while yeah. brick-and-mortar stores are, you know, falling. Poor yeah, Toys R Us. Yeah, that's a – God, is that a shot to the gut, right? <laughs> and then the founder died. Like, yeah, Charles two, Lazarus. Two, two days ago, right? That's like – wow, that's sad. That, that, that's, that's, that's something very from a bad, sad. Something from a bad movie. Yeah. It's I'm like hoping- – I'm hoping it's not from that. I'm hoping he, you know, was was unaware of that at that point. Was he 94? He's so. 98. He was 98. He was 98. I'm thinking history of Toys R Us video, Norm. Let's do it. Let's write it. I thought. <laughs> I think Dan. I thought Dan made a history of Toys R Us video. Was that I a secret project? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a secret right, project. Is, is this a secret project that he's going to try to uh, revamp it? You see that GoFundMe for it? There's a there's a oh uh, yeah the founder venture capitalist of group the the Bratz dolls guy is that who go- it is yeah he 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 made Bratz dolls and they it's, went under they they got put to the ground finally from Barbie from yeah all the lawsuits which I'm not sure was right or wrong but that's what happened they couldn't fight back anymore so uh, he's it. trying to revive Toys R Us then KB Toys claims they're coming back and, yeah uh, well that's a that's a fucking one of those dead brand deal things where me and Ian will talk about on the CU podcast did somebody like, buy did somebody buy the 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 brand and they're you, trying to market it now. Or? Well, did you see the press release? It's it's a company that owns brands. I'm pretty sure. I saw. I don't know if it was a real tweet, but I saw a poll where they're like, "What should we sell in our store?" And they had like a one of the poll options was an R.I.P. Toys R Us shirt or something. Oh my and I was God. like, I was like, I I hope this isn't real. Uh, on the GoFundMe, you mean? No, it was on the the KB Toys Twitter. I guess was I it really? Real. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, Ian's gonna like that. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's real or not. I I saw a screenshot of it, but I hope it's not real. Well, what's what's interesting about the GoFundMe is that it's two hundred million because that's like the real investors they already got, right? So they're trying to trying to save it, but they just want the money to do a bit. But they claim that they'll give the money back if they don't get it. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, if we don't get it, the money goes back to you. Um, so I would say, okay, you see all the tiers they had, like 10,000, 30, 40, 50. If I'm giving $50,000, I want a stake in this company. <laughs> I want stock. Don't you? Wouldn't you want stock? You want to get a pin and a t-shirt for $50,000? Uh, yeah. Give, give me, give me some percentage of this company. Well, yeah, give me a percentage of whatever the billions in whatever $50,000. Yeah. And what is that? If it's point oh four percent that's how much stock i want yeah you know? yeah really because i was thinking i was like okay if i have fifty thousand dollars laying around as i can do a, you know oh maybe they can get this property and then reopen these toy stores or a bunch of them or revitalize the brand re- do a new website that makes sense but i'm not doing it just for oh i have so much money that i just want this, the brand to reopen here's fifty thousand dollars to do it yeah that's just that's just nuts that's I, what they're trying to do i feel bad for toys r us um because they, I mean, they were losing like a hundred million dollars a month or something in cash. It sounds like when they, when the new, I guess, investors came on board, wherever it was, two thousand four, two thousand five, they they brought a lot of debt. They with dumped them. all their debt. Yeah, yeah, onto Toys so, R Us. So then Toys R Us then couldn't get out of that. Yeah. You know? But I, I will, I I will say Toys R Us, as far as like their prices, they weren't super competitive in their pricing they didn't really have an incentive to shop at toys r us like you know best buy has a really good rewards program so toys, toys r us didn't, didn't have really it. have that so yeah it kind of lost some of the magic i think and you never saw commercials anymore for i'm sure they saw toys r us commercials but it used to be like locally oh come see jeffrey the giraffe you know <laughs> yeah. this weekend and oh, then they, yeah. did this, they did the same thing at like um children's palace which i didn't have those around me but i had i had um i had kitty city where it's like oh come come meet some you know superheroes that show up mm-hmm. so it, it was like an event right toy stores were an event yeah it was a place to also discover new toys and obviously for me and you we're, we're somewhat out of the toy phase maybe dan not so much yet but yeah. but there has to be like i guess and it w- oh, an incentive to go and play with the toys and do something where something totally different that you can't just do online in terms of picking up the toy. So mm-hmm. I, I somewhat blame our generation. I blame millennials for the death of <laughs> newspapers, but we're buying everything online. We are. Yeah. And so it doesn't help toys or us there. And their, but their online store was art was garbage though. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So um, they were caught up. Amazon. I mean, online shopping's just, it's insane. Amazon opened a facility like maybe 30 minutes from where I live. So I can get like same day shipping on most things on Amazon now. Yeah. It's insane. You can get one day free shipping. It's insane. Yeah. Like I bought a new capture card for my PC and I was like, I got it in like three hours. It was at my door. That's nuts. And and the prices are usually, if not the best, they're pretty competitive. Instant gratification. You can do that. You look on, you look on Newegg. Newegg's usually good for... Uh, tech stuff and Newegg's pretty quick too. You usually get stuff in a couple of days. Newegg, but, it, back in the day when I was in high school and I was building PCs as a hobby, Newegg was like the site for computer parts. And, and now, like, now, t- now t- Amazon is very competitive with them. But and Tiger Direct, Tiger Direct as well. Yep, 
But Newegg was always like, oh, I'm in an emergency. I need a new keyboard. You know, it's like 10 o'clock at night, and then mm-hmm. you order it, and then depending on where you are, you can get it within a day. Even 10, 12 years ago, they had that. Yeah. Depending upon where, how close you were to a facility in New Jersey, I think I was close to one. So, yeah, I'd order parts, and you get them the next day. Right. You know, or, or 36 hours, whatever it was. But, yeah, it's all that going back to instant gratification with, yep. with entertainment. And now I want my Super Mario cereal now. I want <laughs> Which, by the way, that cereal is absolutely disgusting. It of course is so it is. gross. Why would it be good? Why it's does like it a, need to be good? It's like a bad Lucky Charms. It's like a really <laughs> bad Lucky Charms. And the so box was an amiibo, I guess. I yes. didn't realize that until I got the box. but it had an NFC chip in it. Yeah, so, a, a fan a fan gave me a box of the cereal at uh, SoCal, and uh, yeah, I tore it open and ate the whole box, and it was disgusting. Oh, uh, I, I gave mine to someone to want it. There was a cute little girl, and I had uh, it on display. I was just like, you know what, she really wants it. And at the time, all the fucking scalpers were probably still after it, so I gave it to her. I that that's one thing I love about conventions. I love when the little kids come up and they're so excited, and I love like just giving them like free loot and merchandise like i always give whenever a little kid comes up i always give him a signed poster always you hear that everyone if, if you're a fan of norm just just rent out a kid you you re- a rent a kid i will fall for it <laughs> i will give him a signed poster yeah uh, i never like, got into the signed poster stuff i guess it would be nice to have something like that that you can give away for free so, i um actually a kid at socal had a luigi plush doll he was carrying around a Luigi plush doll, and I was like, oh, he must really love Luigi. So I gave him – I had a Luigi Amiibo I was selling, so I just gave it to him, and he was so, so excited to get that. I just – I love I love seeing how excited they get, man. Isn't that – isn't it interesting we're in this place point in time where we've officially bridged the gap into the next generation, and we've passed along these, like, icons of, of, uh, of video games? Mostly Nintendo, but we've passed them on. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I had I, taught, I had a phone call with someone where I described Nintendo as the closest thing we had to Disney for video games, mm-hmm. where we have all these iconic characters that you're going to know. People are going to know who Mario is 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away, probably. It's still, right. still going to be around. The same way Mickey Mouse is here almost 100 years later, and people still know who Mickey Mouse is. Which, yeah. by the way, speaking of Mickey Mouse, do you think Disney is going to win that uh... – that trademark thing in Congress or the copyright. Oh, all because it's so far gone that right. Mickey mouse is about to enter public domain again. Oh, what was it? Did it, what did it enter originally? And they fought back. It's never entered it because Disney lobbied for the copyright to extend. So 70 years after the author's death, right? So when did Walt Disney die? Is he, is he considered the he author in of the 66, I think. So, we're we're past seventy years, way past seventy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen if Mickey Mouse goes into public domain. That's well, Tar- be... but, but Tarzan never went into public domain, did it? Isn't the Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, estate still own that? At this I, point? I, I have no idea. What, and what about the Tolkien estate? They still have a. Is it something where if they have an estate, they can keep it going? Let's see. Copyright Lord of the Rings. When did he die? Uh, he probably died in the fifties, though. Yeah. It's an interesting question, though, because then eventually you can have a bunch of Mario games, right? In yeah. Like, in, like, 40 years. Well, like, the, <laughs> the, the patents for the for the NES expired a while ago, and now people do the reproduction, you know, Nintendo systems. Well, patents, like, what, 20 years? Patents, like, like that. yeah, 20, 25 years. 17, 20 years. years. 
Yeah. So a patent, and that's pretty cut and dry. Patents expire. Yeah. You can't really re-up them. Yeah. Uh, right? Uh, trademarks, you have to re-up pretty regularly, especially if you don't use them. Yep. Copyrights, you don't have to. You just have to establish you have a copyright, and then you're good. Um, but they're saying, let's see. Uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings looks like 2028. That's why they're making that that new HBO series or Showtime series. Whatever they're doing, <laughs> they're trying to milk it. Yeah, they got, they got to milk it. It's got a, it's got an expiration date. <laughs> but what did you say? The same thing for I guess I guess technically superhero characters, right? Yeah, I mean all that stuff. So how does that work then? When Stan Lee goes away, seventy years after that, anyone can make a Spider Man. Uh, yeah, comic. I guess so. I mean the uh, the Washington Redskins lost their trademark because they lost the trademark it was deemed offensive and so like anyone can make anyone can make redskins merchandise (laughs) not just the nfl they probably weren't happy about that yeah yeah (laughs) i think i think they'll change that in 10 years or so to something else yeah frank's like why just make it the washington iroquois or something like that you know you keep keep a similar looking you know keep the same symbol you, you really to. could, yeah. Just yeah. just make it a less derogatory name, I guess. Yeah, anything less derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And Cle- the the Cleveland Indians, they got rid of Chief Wahoo. Yeah, that see that was that was a bad that was bad. That was like something you would see in a Looney Tunes uh, cartoon in the forties, <laughs> wasn't it? Like that's basically yeah. what that was. Oh yeah, yeah. It that really was, that was pretty bad. All right, it's, we, we, okay. It's it, it it's an iconic iconic logo, but. Yeah, it might be time for a change. Yeah, maybe you, 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 every every once in a while you sort of just have an old old timers day and you ha- can you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> old timers day. All right, we gotta stop talking about this, or people are gonna start calling us snowflakes. So <laughs> we're getting offended by everything. I think it's I think it's a uh, th- we crossed we somehow crossed this line in society where um, the the. B- not wanting to offend people made you some sort of sissy at some point. Isn't that interesting? Or it's like, no, I just want to, I yeah. just want to try to respect people. Yeah, and it's not like the, <laughs> the Chief Wahoo logo, like, I'm personally not offended by it, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, we need, sure. to, li- we need to listen to the people that it actually affects. Like, sure. you know, I'm not going to go and lobby for them to keep Chief Wahoo because, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. But if, I, I, if, if a if a Native American tribe says, "Yo, that's that's pretty offensive to us," then maybe maybe have a discussion about changing the logo. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's it, to me, I, I, it's not oh, cultural appropriation. Cleveland Indians. I'm not sure how they come up with that. I got to look at the history. <laughs> uh, you ever been to Cleveland? I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm but, not sure I've ever. Have I ever been in Cleveland before? I'm trying to think of it. I've never been to Cleveland. Cleveland. It, you know, back in the day, I, it was apparently quite quite the bustling place. Back when they had industry like everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Like Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere was bustling 50, yeah. 60 years ago. Bethlehem yep. Steel was, was clanking away at one point <laughs> in time. Bethlehem yep. was, was bustling um, at some point. Oh, man. So, yeah, I got to see you at a convention this year. Again, it's, it's, I'm going through withdrawal. I haven't, I haven't seen you. I, I barely saw you out at Portland. Was the last one? I miss, I missed you at Syrac- uh, Syracuse. You, you, uh, yep, you bamboozled me at Syracuse. <laughs> that was, um, you know, when I got, I, I got diagnosed with, the, with the anxiety. I was like, okay, I need to like eliminate stress from my life. And that was a convention where I hadn't like bought the plane ticket yet, or, 
uh, like hadn't hadn't made official plans yet. Uh, so that was one that I could withdraw from easily. Um, and that was just ironic because I said I'm only going to go if Norm goes. Yeah, so and then I would. That was like thanks, Norm. Yeah, I'll just I'll just suffer in, in, in the freezing rain up there. But no, I had a great time. I, I like Syracuse. It was fun. Um, yeah, it, uh, I was there 2016. I remember it was super cold, but uh, I had a good time. We missed out. You missed out with uh, our, our mutual friend. I'm wearing I'm wearing her shirt. Oh, really? Yeah, Antoinette. Antoinette. Yeah. Did she she design that? Yeah, she sold us originally at Retro World Expo a couple years ago. Oh, nice. And I think I have toothpaste stain on it right there. I won't tell her that. She's um, our uh, she's our um, friendlies associate. Friendlies partner. Yeah. Friend, friendlies <laughs> partner and sushi partner. <laughs> Yeah. So I think we did find a sushi place, uh, an all-you-can-eat sushi place there too. I think that we uh, that's like a rule. Yep. <laughs> yep. We went to one. That's 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 the rule out there for me and Norm. We either have to find a Cheddar's if it's a state that has a Cheddar's, or or some sort of sushi buffet, some sort of well, a la carte all-you-can-eat sushi. Here, here's here's why why we do that. Cheddar's is just good value. You get a ton of food for not a lot of money, and it's high quality. And it's good food. Kitchen food. Yeah, they it's make good it from food. Scratch. And all you can eat sushi. I mean, after a, a day of convention, I'm starving, and sushi is like relatively healthy, and it fills you up. It's all you can eat, and it's delicious. So. Yeah, if it's like twenty eight bucks, and we were eating like a hundred dollars worth of sushi somehow. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of the it's the ebb and flow of the convention lifestyle, because um, me and you, we're usually at our convention table five six hours a day. We're we're there. We're there to meet people. We're not yeah. running off and hiding. I'm not going to call out certain people, but we're not doing that. <laughs> and um, and we're there to talk to people, to greet them, to have you know. That's why we're there. That's why they they pay for our airfare to go out there, so we can yeah. Greet I people. I love meeting meeting the fans. Um, and uh, but as you said, yeah, when you meet a ton of people, it's it's exhausting. So. Got to recharge. Awesome. Got to eat that sushi. And, yeah, and then the food sometimes isn't the best at the convention. <laughs> yeah. Chicken so tenders. I'm throwing Norm a power bar or, or yeah, chicken tenders. Chicken tenders is like at and, every convention. And plus you get a chance to de-stress with, with people. Yeah. You know, and then you can – I think one of, the, one of the, the best times ever – not best times, but it was case in point was I went out with Andre. We, we went out to a Cheddar's. I think it was, I think it was Retropalooza – Retropalooza Houston maybe last year and we were so both exhausted or we just didn't even talk to each other while we ate we were my, just like, my dinner with Andre my dinner with Andre <laughs> <laughs> we just we just sat there and just we're just having our food and talking not even like like small talk but we're like we're just you have to like get away from the bubble sometimes you have to like just get outside of it and just relax yeah, yeah and, and that's what keeps you going then you recharge you're ready for the next day you know, then you're ready to go to Norm and have some awful nachos at an airport restaurant. Oh God! <laughs> Earl, Earl, was that Earl Campbell? Earl Campbell's <laughs> Grill is horrible. Hey, I'm never going to get a sponsorship now from him. Thanks a lot. <laughs> are are you uh, are you still paring down your collection of games, or are you pretty much at a comfortable level where you know I'm wife, I'm, wife almost there. I'm almost, almost there. I'm almost there. I'm looking behind me. Yeah, I I'm almost there. I'm. Uh, I still every now and then I'll come across a game and I'm like, yeah, I didn't really like this game, and I'll get rid of it. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's. I've I've got a much bigger space here now, but so I have more shelves here. 
But I also want to want it to look cleaner than what I had before. So I am getting to that point where, okay, I'm going to limit to what I display to the space I have here. You know, I don't want right. it to spill out into the other rooms. Right now I have stuff stored in, in the other bedroom, though, that I'm not using. But I'd like to, like, for example, I'm looking at, I have all my Master System games out in that shelf over there. And then the other half of the shelf is uh, like three quarters of my Genesis games, or maybe like 60%. So I think I'm just going to decide, okay, I'm going to put the, the better games or the games I want on the shelf, and the rest I'm going to put into those little Tupperware things, the sterilite container, and just put them away. Mm-hmm. And then eventually sell them, or if I have to go, it'd be like a library back in the records, go back into the, like the old records and get that game out yeah. if you want it. Or I hate to say it, put them all on a flash card at some yeah. point. I mean, that's what it might get to, just for space. You sure. Know, I have I have 300 Genesis games. Am I ever going to play more than 130 of them? 150? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm looking at, like, two NBA games. NBA Was that NBA Live 95 or NBA Showdown? You don't bust that out every Friday? Play I was going to say, NBA Showdown. <laughs> I think that might not make the shelf. Yeah. Like, like, I have all the shelves here. I also have to put out some of my Saturn games and Sega CD games and 32X games, and I have to put out the rest of the... Uh, all the all the NES stuff is out. That all fits on the two shelves perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all like all the good box. Okay, actually they don't. Like three quarters of my box games are not on my shelf. They're in storage. Those are games I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna sell. Like I already I already know that those games are gonna be gone. Absolutely. Um, but I have all my Super Nintendo games have to go out. All the N64 games have to go out. And then I do have you know some GameCube games and some Wii games and like two Wii U games. So I have like the turn style stuff over here. And I have to put out PlayStation games. The poor so, yeah. Wii U. The poor, the, poor Wii U. Did you hear my my conversation with Chris Kohler about it? I, I didn't. What did what'd you guys say? Chris thinks he likened the Wii U to being the Nintendo system to collect like 20 years down the line. Just because he said they didn't make a huge amount of them comparatively. And he says, oh, those screens are going to break eventually. And they didn't make extra... Uh, screens, so right. the amount of sc- so he's he, that. Then I've heard someone liken it to the Vectrex, and I'm like, well, let's not let's pump. I think he might. I was like, let's pump the brakes a little bit here on this comparison <laughs> here, and because no one's throwing away their Wii U games, no one throws away anything anymore because they think it's gonna be worth money. You can still buy brand new Wii U games, like oh, anyone yeah. you want for the most part. You can buy. Yeah. Uh, actually, I I I I got Mario Kart 8 on the Switch, so I, I put my Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U on eBay because I was like, well, I don't need this anymore. Uh, you, you, could, you, could, you, you could buy Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U brand new for like 25 bucks on eBay, like still sealed. So, what did you get it used for, like 15 bucks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I think I think mine's at like $12 now, the auction. So, Oh, it's, it's, oh you're pumping your auction. I, okay. I, I, I do auctions, you know. I, I, should I do that? Should I just have like Pat's? eBay auction of all my stuff, and then I, people go nuts. I love eBay. I've used eBay since I was like thirteen. My mom gave me permission to use it, and uh, <laughs> what were you bidding on when you were thirteen? Um, posters. I didn't have a lot of money at that age, but like I wanted a poster of Star Ocean. You know that RPG oh, wow. series, sure. And there was there was a Star Ocean poster on eBay, so I bought it. And it, just, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a repro at the time. It was a real one, probably. It was a real one. Uh, got some random Gundam, like figurines and stuff. I mean, I eBay's fees are ridiculous, but I'm addicted to eBay. I mean, when you're selling, it's like they take like ten to fifteen. percent Yeah, they take a lot of money. That's that's well, Amazon takes even more than that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. 
<laughs> I sell my book on Amazon. I'm just like, wow, Amazon's making a lot of money off my book. <laughs> they're just taking a lot of money off my book. They're, they're like bullies. They know their platform's huge. They're like, yeah, we're just going to take like 25%. Well, not, well, not necessarily a bully. <laughs> this is that they're the only game in town. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no one... No one shops on is BarnesandNoble.com still a thing anymore? <laughs> it is. Is it really? Do they still have some stores around? Yeah. Oh, they, they have some stores. Um, but I, saw, I think I saw the chart at some point where Barnes and Noble had about ten or fifteen percent market share for books. That was like three, four years ago. I don't think that it probably, it's probably even less than that now. Probably. Because look, you go to BarnesandNoble.com, they sell yeah, they sell toys and games, collect hobbies and collectibles. That's What's probably keeping them in business, to be honest, when you walk into a store, they probably sell Legos and shit and fucking pop figures. It's, uh, yeah, it's very similar to, like, half-price books. Like, half-price books just sells a lot of, like, trinkets and, uh, like, journals and figurines. I think they make a lot of money on that stuff. Yeah, that's what, that's what GameStop, you go into GameStop, you have to, like, uh, you're tripping over... Think Geek items, and you're tripping over Funko Pops and those little Pixel Mega Man and Ryu yeah, do, guys. Does GameStop even sell games anymore? Oh. Are, 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 <laughs> I mean, they're getting to that point where like half the store isn't even video games. Literally half the store is not video games at this point. Yeah, It, it could be more than that. Um, again, it's like, why go to the store when I can save 20% on Amazon? With mm-hmm. my, you know, Oh, Amazon Prime, you get, yeah, you get, what, Twenty percent off new games. Twenty percent off new games. When I think you buy in the first few weeks, so they, yeah. there's they're, and GameStop can't afford that. Yeah. They can't keep up. It's a loss leader. Yeah, GameStop you know. doesn't make money on new games. No, they, they want you to trade it immediately, and they'll sell it yep. as new. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got some stories working at GameStop. <laughs> let's 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 hear a GameStop story. I didn't know you worked at GameStop. I worked at GameStop during college for four years. Like my whole college career, I worked at GameStop. Minimum wage we're talking? Uh, okay, so I started... The minimum wage when I started was 535 No, or was it... I think it was, it was 535 It was 515 or 505 for me. And then um, the minimum wage increased to like 7 or 6 615 or $7. I don't know. Party time. Yeah. And I was like, woo, what a raise. <laughs> but looking back, I'm like, man, that's still like nothing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, co- college money. My my pro- GameStop was all about the numbers. They were like, get pre-orders, get magazine subscriptions, because that's where they made a lot of their money. With pre-orders, they they made money because then they only had to order a specific amount of new games. They didn't have to ah, over order. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, used games. They made a ton of money on. I mean, you traded in Gears of War for. Eight bucks, they sell it for fifty four ninety nine. <laughs> you know, the margins on them were insane. My biggest problem was they would, when we would get a new game, they would open the shrink wrap shrink wrap up, and then display the the case on the shelf as a new game. And then when you would go to buy that game, they would just take that case, put the disc in it, and sell it to you. That's not a new game. You took the shrink wrap off because you refuse to say I want a brand new one. A lot of times they didn't have it. They had like one copy of the game, one or two copies. Why would they take the shrink wrap off? To to display the the case on the shelf because they have to take the disc out because we store all the discs behind the cash register. Well, just keep it sealed though. You, you can't. No one's gonna be ripping it open to steal the disc out of it, right? Yeah, uh, we we had a problem with with some little sticky fingers at GameStop oh, a lot. Of yeah, the that that I think that bothered me the most. 
people stealing? Not people stealing the the shrink wrap thing. Oh, <laughs> they, like taking the shrink wrap off and then selling the game as new. I'm like, it's not a new game anymore. You opened it. <laughs> so when you so when you worked at GameStop, they officially were done with the retro stuff. This is yeah, they were not doing retro stuff. And actually, I got quite a collection working at GameStop because people would try to trade in the retro stuff. And you said we don't take. And I would it, say but we don't, we I don't will. take this. But if you want to meet me uh, you know, later, <laughs> I will buy this from you. Is that so, how you got a lot of your stuff that you ended up selling on eBay? You, I, you dirty I, reseller. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I wasn't planning on selling it at the time, but a lot of people would bring it in and be like, "I want to trade this in," and we would say, "We don't take it." Sometimes they would just say, "Well, just just take it. You can have it," and they would just wow. like. Wow. So I like I got a tub full of PS One games one time because the guy was just like, "I don't want these." I had a bunch of good games too. Did someone remember bringing something from like the 70s or like bringing Atari VCS games? Uh, I think we got somebody try to bring in like Atari 2600 games one time. And you're like, oh, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be back in the days when you you could find stuff pretty easily, even at like antique stores and garage sales. Stuff was just like overflowing. I found my boxed Rob at like an antique store mm-hmm. back in like 2007. Yeah, for like twenty bucks. There you go. You know, it's like, and you see that there, you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. And you know, you pick it up, and now that's probably worth three hundred dollars or whatever. A box rob, like the yeah. standalone box rob. Standalone. Yeah, that's. I when I was doing research on the rob episode, I was like, "Holy crap, it's so expensive." They didn't make yeah. any of them. Absolutely I mean, not. And that yeah. that it, it didn't make any sense because I mean, they they had the the, the deluxe set obviously, and they had right. you can do, do the standalone console. But they didn't do the standalone console for the first, say, six months or so. The standalone console came out, uh, I think, yeah, like April of 86. Yeah, that's when they they went nationwide. Right. So then I guess they had to decide, well, if you get the standalone, you might also need to get the Zapper separately and get the Rob separately. You might want to buy Rob. (laughs) But then you get the Rob separately, then you got to get Jaramite separately, the big box Jaramite. Yep. So why did they just combine them all into one? I that that always bothered me for some reason <laughs> because I couldn't picture someone buying the Rob separately and then just buying stack up with it and not getting Gyromite. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, they should have just bundled them both together. They really should have. No, I, I, I don't know why I didn't think about that until now. That that really bothers me. Yeah, I, I mentioned it in the video that the standalone Rob, it's just Rob. It's just Rob. It doesn't come with anything. But the big box Jaramite's my probably one of my favorite all time things. Because like everything else, when you you know, when you when you start collecting, you don't know this shit exists because you never would have saw it in a store as a kid. They probably yeah. only sold that for like a year. Yeah. Year and a half before they, they got rid of Rob by eighty eight, Rob was done. He was gone. Oh yeah, he, he was gone. He they done he had done his part and he was gone. We're now segueing into your Rob video. <laughs> um but that big box Jaramite, I remember like when no one knew it existed when I got on eBay in college, I only got it for like thirty five bucks. Yeah, complete. At the time, it was probably like me and only five other collectors knew about it and bid it up. I remember missing out on one once because back then, the only way you would, you'd search for it, you'd search Gyromite NES and scroll through the hundreds until you got to the one person that had the big box one. Yeah. And I remember, this is before they had sniping programs. We're talking like 2000, mm-hmm. 2001. So I had to run back to my dorm and bid on You had to run back. <laughs> You know, you guys are spoiled out there with your little eye bitters and your tools and yeah. for for sniping. You had to run back and 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 one time I forgot and it, one of them went for like twenty five bucks. 
Yeah. And it's not like they came up often. You'd find one every three or four months. So I remember almost breaking my arm, slamming it on the desk. I was angry, young Pat, because I missed out on it. I didn't know if I was going to see it again. I would set alarms for for sniping on eBay. Like, it's going to end here. Uh, I set my alarm. Yep. Computer alarms? Like, on your computer? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that big box gyromite was nuts. And again, it's my like one of my favorite things. It's because it's the same. It's, it looks. It's almost the same as the black box game, but it's blue and it's bigger. Yeah, it's just a giant and, box, yeah. And it has all the parts in it. Yeah. Um, and gyromite in the box. Gyromite in the box in there, or just the cartridge? No, just the cartridge, I believe. I, you know, I, I don't remember that. I should know that. I think it, it was, was just a, the cartridge because sta- stack up was just the cartridge. Correct. As well, that makes sense. Yeah. But um, let's talk about your Rob video. Okay. Great job. Thank you. A lot of the stuff I knew, of course, but some of it I still didn't. <laughs> it was great to see you use a, a bunch of resources that I or, own or I've seen. Uh, obviously, a lot of them coming from Frank uh, Safal. The, the Video Game History Foundation had has a like NES yeah. launch collection. It's just it's awesome. a treasure trove of Rob uh, promo ads and pictures and merchandise. And the, it's all – anyone can see it. It's all free to use. The launch party stuff. What is it? The sticker and the T-shirt? Yeah. Whatever it is. A Star is Born. I can't believe that yeah, Steve got that shirt. Yeah. And and it's so thankful that someone like Steve Steve Lynn is out there who's part of the, uh, the Video Game uh, Preservation Society there. And he um, he goes out of his way to get this stuff. Yeah. Because otherwise, a collector would get it. Video Game History uh, Foundation, not Preservation Society. That sounds like an alternate timeline name. <laughs> the Video Game History Foundation. Yeah. Gamehistory.org. Gamehistory.org. That's what you have to remember. Yeah. But Steve goes out of his way to find this stuff and help out because Steve has some you know, deep pockets. He can get some of this <laughs> stuff. And if he doesn't lock it away, it comes back out to the community. Yeah. And so it can be archived. Pictures are taken. And think, you know pages are scanned. I love those photos from probably early 86 with that old lady with all the little school kids. And they're trying <laughs> out. Uh, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Um... The the one shirt that I still would like to see is the one from the summer CES of nineteen eighty five, where it's like Rob's head and it said, "I saw the future of video home entertainment." It's like a white <laughs> T shirt. It has just like Rob's head staring at you. Does anyone own one? Does Steve have that one? <laughs> I saw. I've I've seen one picture of it. It's in the archive, but it's a really bad picture. And someone like had a picture at CES. That yeah, time. yeah. Oh, that shirt's probably destroyed. Unfortunately, they probably made like five of them. I mean, you gotta think. Yeah, you gotta think back then, like getting a free T-shirt from this like little-known video game company. Who the hell's Nintendo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm here. I'm here, here to look at the new. I'm here to look at the new VCRs. Yeah, you know, the new Betamax. <laughs> yeah, that would be nuts. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm gonna look for that shirt, and then if, the problem is if I find it, Steve will find it and he'll get it. So <laughs> oh, that shirt would be worth more than the launch party uh, one, probably. You think so? There, there's been about four or five times I bid on something at Steve won. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> St- Steve got like the first production TurboGrafx-16, the one that was like in the acrylic uh, thing. You ever see that one? Yes. Yeah. And I think Steve got that. <laughs> I was like, Steve, you son of a bitch. Yeah. He uh, he sent me some pictures of the uh, Rob the Robot display case because he's got, he's got one like in pieces, but he sent me some pictures of it. He has the big head one? Or is he has the one that shows it all the deluxe. He has set. the glass case one, with the deluxe set. Yeah. Well, you piece them together. You piece like, them together. And I don't yeah. think he had all the pieces, but he did have the glass case intact. The, the last one that came up for sale, not the big head Rob. I think there was one that came up for sale about a year or two ago. 
Someone had found two of them in a warehouse. On two of them, one was put together, one was not. Yeah. The full thing. The the full one has like a stand. It's what is it, about three or four feet tall. Then it has the the glass display. The one you would see at Toys R Us. Right. The one they had in Toys R Us, where it had the all the pieces of of the gyromite had the had the, the zapper, two controllers, the NES, just like set pieces, and it had right. the, the gyromite duck hunt carts. Mm-hmm. That then, if you get the third piece, it's a fucking giant Rob head on top. Giant Rob head with a like a red. A red racquetball cut in half. And Is that really like, what it was? Like the light the on top? his head, yeah. <laughs> so if one of those came up for eBay, that would easily go for ten grand. Like, I mean, easily. Yeah. It might go for twenty or thirty. I have no idea. Um, but I remember just the display of just the system one went for probably three or four grand within a couple years. It went for. Uh, if I had the money at the time, I probably would have bid on it. <laughs> um, the the guy I can't remember his name. Um, he owns RetroUSB.com. Um, he oh, Bunny Boy, Bunny Boy, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he has a full Rob display with the head and everything. Oh, he has everything. He's got oh, everything. Geez. He sent me a few pictures of that too. There's probably like ten of those that still exist. There yeah. can't be if, that many. If that, because the stores I even went to didn't have that. Yeah, like Kitty City didn't have that. So probably not many stores ordered that. They probably like, where can you order? Like, where, like, but the point is that like where that woman went. I think was that an FAO Schwartz? She went those pictures with the school kids, but it was great because you that saw was how FAO they, Schwartz, yeah. You saw how they set everything up, mm-hmm. so you saw the display was standing there. You saw the big box Robin gyromites off to the side. If you wanted to buy those, because otherwise, if you go to a Toys R Us, you wouldn't have seen those boxes laying around. They would have been in the back that you had to you know get the ticket to get. Yeah, I saw uh, one image of uh, a kid was playing on the the like. NES demo station and the way he was holding his controller was so weird he held the left side with his left hand obviously like you do like the d-pad side but his right his right hand he wasn't gripping the controller he was using his index finger and middle finger and tapping the a and b buttons oh i know kids that did that it was sure i, I looked at it, i was like that is we it weirded me out seeing that picture but well you th- when well, you think about it though though if that's your first time you're holding a control pad there's no right exactly or wrong way to do like it, in, the, right? in the arcade that's probably how you played it yeah so it's that if you go to gamehistory.org the nes launch collection 85 and i i find the, i had found these pictures before somehow because um, <laughs> chris frank had a like an upload picture i think archive of a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and you can find it in google search so yeah you have, you have a picture of the the uh, avs there and then you have the the first display there with the really weird square joy pads, uh, D pads on the joy pads when it was originally the AVS. I love how the zapper looked back then. Yeah, was, very futuristic looking. Rob ended up being almost exactly the same. Yeah, looks like he's precisely the same. So they had yep. that, they had figured that out. Then you had the cool uh, marketing ads with, with Rob at the forefront, which is brilliant. It's a my great my, ad. my favorite one was when they bragged about saving the video game industry. They're like they that, said they said it couldn't be humans couldn't save the industry. And like, <laughs> it wasn't, and it shows a picture of Rob, <laughs> like Rob saved everybody. Yeah, so this goes to the Google Drive link, and then you can see the national launch. You see the test market, mm-hmm. and yeah, here it is. The FAO Schwartz pictures. There's about eight pictures of this. Yeah, and there's the display. I, I, the first picture I clicked on. There's the display. Yeah. So yeah, I so it's three pieces like you said. It's yeah. it's um the middle piece, the stand, and then you have the, the rob head going into the picto- pictograph, I guess. Right. The little trapezoid. Yeah. As as the third piece. And I've definitely seen in person the actual bubble, acrylic bubble part yeah. there. 
Yeah, I'd pay a lot of money for one if I had it. But there's a stack of Robs next to it. It's amazing, right? <laughs> Standalone Robs. Yep. And and the test market uh, box. You know what, Norm? That's that's uh, the actually thing. I should I should have had you borrow my test market box for your video. That's what I should have done. You have a test market box. I got two of them. Yeah. So I, I what are what what is what are the differences between the test market box and a re, a national retail release box? Well, the difference is, as uh, you can see in the photos, is that it doesn't, it's all blacked out. So it doesn't say deluxe. Mm-hmm. So where it says deluxe set and shows it, it's blacked out. So really? it's almost like they're, what's interesting about it, which I thought could have been interesting for you to comment, is that they're even on the, even on the packaging, they were almost hiding that it was a video game console. Correct. But with that, they cut out the picture in the middle of it. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, doing my research, I, I did, uh, I did read, you know, Gail Tilden was the marketing manager and she did not use the word video game. Did you, box. did you speak to Gail? No, I didn't speak to Gail. She, she did a lot of, she, she talked to like Frank Cifaldi did a, you know, the one in your book, the, in, in their own words, the launch of the NES. Sure. So she spoke a ton in that. And then there's another interview she did for, uh, I think it was like a complex article where she talked about the launch of the NES. So she kind of said everything that I think she could say about the launch of the NES. So. so so you see the difference, the difference between the two if you look at it. So, yeah, the picture, actually the picture of the console and everything is still there. It's so tiny, though. So it just says, all it says is entertainment system. Mm-hmm. It's the bottom right corner. You see the TV, the, the kid holding the gun at the screen, the Rob. But it's so tiny that you can miss it. It's so fucking tiny. Ah, um, uh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm but, looking but you, at it right now. But the deluxe set, it, it, it says it front and center, and it's right. a lot bigger. So again, they're like hiding it. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What? You gotta like, you gotta like squint to see what's actually in the package. What is that?" Yeah. Oh, and Rob, <laughs> is, Rob is front and center. Like, Rob is the big thing. Yeah. Well, Rob's Rob's all about the same size on both. He's the same size on both. If I remember yeah. from my boxes, which I don't have that right now. But yeah, it's just that they are hiding the details on that test launch. It's very interesting to me. I think my favorite my favorite thing I, I got for this video was Steve Lynn sent me Nintendo's press release in March of nineteen eighty six where they did the national the rollout. The national rollout. He sent me those documents and they had that survey. They included a survey where they you know, surveyed two hundred NES owners and it was it was so interesting. The number one reason people bought it was for Rob the Robot. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I mean that it it worked. It cl- Rob clearly worked. Yeah. Look, looking at the uh, I'm looking at more of the FBO Schwartz pictures. Yeah. You have just a bunch of freaking NES test market units laying around on their side. Just pick one up. You have some Robs. You only have you only have a couple of games on the wall. Either they sold them all out or they didn't stock a lot of them. Yeah. But there's multiple Rob heads up <laughs> up above the up above uh above I guess right, right below the ceiling. Yeah. So this FAO Schwartz had had six giant Rob heads. That, You'd hope that they, someone kept those. <laughs> that was like, I mean, that was the the toy store. That was like the biggest toy store. Uh, so they really decked out the display at FAO Schwartz. Giant Nintendo Entertainment System neon sign. That's probably priceless if you actually had that one. Yeah. I only made one like that. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Then you have the old school marm. It looks like with the kids. I don't know who this woman is. With all these little she, kids, she's it's in like weird. every. That woman's in like every picture. Yeah, 
And so was that one that one that one little little kid with like the bowl cut or something. He's in all of them too. <laughs> hey, it's a young Pat. <laughs> it's, it might be you. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing displays. Um, I'm trying to think if I saw displays in '86 or '87 when it was. Definitely by '87. I would see it set up on like one of those. They still had those old console style TVs, like in the in the wooden old fashioned yeah. seventy style. Yeah. They still had those in the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that set up at like a PC Richards, which is like a northeast uh, chain. Like it was still around, like a like TV and an appliance chain. Yeah, and they did have it set up, but they didn't have that set up. So that I never saw as as, as a kid. Absolutely not. Yeah. But what did you, did you discover? Anything that really shocked you when you when you did the, the all the research for that Rob? video or was most of the common sense that or you heard um before? it um, the general the general story was what i already knew but i think some of the little details like the the, the survey i mentioned or um like you know setting up the displays the launch party all those like little details i thought was really cool um i mean they really went all in on rob so they said this is what we're gonna th- do this, this is, is the strategy yeah and uh you know, good for them for, you know, they got such horrible reaction to the advanced video system. But Nintendo was just like, we have to let people, we have to let consumers yeah. play with this thing. We no, have that's re- to, that's, we but, just have but, to sell it. But that's retailers being scared, right? So right. they're like, like, oh, this is going to flop. Right. Because they saw it as just a toy that the fad was over. Well, they had so much success in Japan. They were like, if, if this, this works in Japan, this has to work in the United States. You know, kids love it here. Why wouldn't they love it there? Oh, here's the shirt picture. I experienced the future of home entertainment. Yeah, that white T-shirt. <laughs> Look at that. It's, it's so ridiculous. cheesy. I yeah, love it. It's so cheesy looking. Someone own, it's, actually is in pretty good shape for being. Well, it's kind of ring around the collar, but uh, man, it's the yeah. Go check it out. GameHistory.org. You gotta go. You gotta scroll down to the article. Check out their whole archive. The it's it's great, and they're they're adding new stuff all the time. They're just doing such great work there. The the press releases are up there. Yeah. Uh, pictures. Let's see. The, the original brochure from 85. The future of home entertainment is staring you in the face, and it's cute Rob looking at you. Introducing the Nintendo video robot. Yeah. He's the star of a new entertainment system, <laughs> not video game console. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is when it was still the AVS. I, I think the other thing that, um, you know, I had never really – played with a rob too much so i played with rob a whole bunch to make this video and uh man you talk about (laughs) just like it it, it's like a rube goldberg machine like all the steps you have to do to press a button just the setup's annoying uh yeah it's it's i tell you rob there they made rob look so cool because he does he looks super cool but what he does is so clunky and slow. I can't imagine playing with him for more than you know, fifteen minutes. My friend that. Kevin, my friend Kevin, that yes, that Kevin I referenced in past videos and podcasts, he had the deluxe set, so he yeah. got that. I want to say, see, I first played the NES sometime in '87. He had it, so he must have got it earlier in '87. And so that fall, we we played we played Rob a lot, or even a little bit of '88, we played it. But we we might have played it three times or four times with the actual Rob, and then we just play it with two players. It's it's I mean, it's actually it's it's decent with if you just have somebody else use the controller. It's a co op game. Yeah, it's a co op like, game. One of the one of the first co op games. There you go. You know, for, especially the first NES co op game. There wasn't a lot like that. Um, and uh, do you think that they could have they could have 
did a couple more games with Rob and made it a success, or they, they were good just to sort of cut their losses. I remember even seeing Nintendo Power mentioning that Rob was on his way out, or or yeah, they you know, um, they I think they mentioned they were going to make four more games for Rob. Um, I don't know if that was just a little white lie that Nintendo said for that like, yeah, probably, Rob's our future. We're all in on yeah, Rob. That was probably. Uh, I don't think they had anything else <laughs> planned. I don't, I don't think any prototypes exist or yeah. pictures or. <laughs> I, I think I think um, like I I researched the Japanese Rob as well, the Famicom robot, and that was just what a Same throwaway thing. accessory in Japan because yeah. the, the Famicom was already a success. It was already out so they for just years. like threw it out there, like yeah, here it is. I don't know. They, I probably they made them well. white. They made them white and red. Match the Famicom, and yeah. That was interesting because those used to be so cheap. There used to be so much new old stock of that on eBay. Mm-hmm. You used to be able to get the Rob in the box, the the Japanese version for like sixty dollars. Yeah, like like and it, let me see if it, what it goes for now. There was one guy who sold them all. He had he must have had hundreds of them. Yeah. So, let me see, Robot, Rob Famicom. One other thing, one other thing I I thought was interesting was the test market included New Jersey. Oh yeah, I, come on! I've mentioned that tons of times. <laughs> included you didn't know New that? Jersey, Northern New I, Jersey. Sure, I, I didn't. Uh, but you know, people say the New York area. A lot of people don't think. Yeah, New Jersey's really part. Of Jersey's that. responsible for bringing back video games. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The Northern other, New Jersey. The other thing I thought was you had interesting. A lot of, I'm sorry. I'm just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say Northern New Jersey, talk about all the malls you have there. You have the Passaic Mall. they probably set up there. That's not too far from New York City, for example. Uh, I'm not sure they would have went to – I'm trying to think of the other Northern New Jersey malls. But, yeah, you're talking a lot of concentration of the New York market, F.E.O. Schwartz, and probably like four or five malls within a half hour. Of crazy Eddie? I don't think it would have been in a Crazy Eddie <laughs> for testing. <laughs> A little too sleazy for that. <laughs> Crazy, a little too local. No, but if you're talking about the, if you've seen, you've seen some of the the test market pictures at malls, though, right? Yeah, I yep. guarantee you, those are New Jersey. Yep. Um, the other thing was the I looked at. Uh, I have a subscription to this great website called Newspapers.com. You ever okay. use Newspapers.com? No. It's excellent. I highly recommend it because uh, you can look at old like. You know advertisements in newspapers. And I Do they found, just they just scan all old newspapers. Yeah, to yeah. It's just a, it's, a newspaper archive. They had it's like so microfiche. Many, yeah, they had so many Rob ads, and the a lot of people say the suggested retail price of Rob was one seventy nine ninety five, but based on all those ads around the time it came out, it was one fifty nine ninety five for the deluxe set. Yeah, or, and or a, the only set at the time. The main and, set. and a lot of yeah. people sold it for one thirty nine ninety five. Just to move it. Yeah, just to move it. That would make sense because they want to move the games. Right. And the games are like 20 30 bucks. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting thinking about that. That was a lot of money uh, back then still. That was a lot of money. It's about – if you if you uh, converted it to today, it's like 320 bucks. Yeah. For the then you gotta bu- and then you got to buy a couple more games, right? You can't just be stuck with – Freaking duck hunt all your life and gyromite <laughs> that your kids your kids will throw away I, after. It be, being stuck with those two games would be, I think would be hard, especially like because you're like I have to play gyromite with Rob, and then you're like, well, this isn't that fun, and then you you wear out duck hunt pretty quickly. I feel like. So okay, I'm looking at the the so in Japan, they did the same thing, where you had to get the the big box gyromite basically. Yep, that was there. 
Yep. And then you had Rob separately, you had the stack up separately. Yep. They didn't have a bundle pack for They didn't have a bundle. They didn't have a bundle pack for they Rob. They should have did a bundle pack. Which <laughs> no one's buying stack up by itself. Why do you think stack up is so hard to find? No one bought it. <laughs> well, no one bought Rob by itself. Yeah. I can't imagine a scenario. You can find the Nintendo zappers in the box pretty cheap though, because they, they made the NES console by itself for years and years. Yep. For like six, seven years. They did that. The basic So that one yeah, that's what I had. I had the one with Super Mario Brothers. They also yeah. did it with the, with the player's guide or just by itself. Yeah. They did three versions. Then they re-released the version. They did the challenge set, which I think was a Walmart exclusive or Target. I and forget. I, we, we had, growing up, we had the action set. So it came which, with which Mario Brothers-Duck Hunt combo. Yeah. Which, which is what 90% of people had, which is why there's a billion Super Mario Duck Hunts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, so at some point, someone had so many of these that you could have bought the all the sets for like thirty to like sixty dollars each. I'm talking like ten years ago, you could have bought a genuine boxed Japanese Rob for for like sixty dollars. Yep. And um, now they all got bought up, obviously, over the years with more and more interest. But there was probably they probably didn't move them. If you're in Japan, you probably were like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> but in Japan, you know, they had a lot more weird stuff for the Famicom than we had here. Yeah. They had that exciting boxing by Konami with a punching bag with a face. And you they hit had, a, the they had a modem. Connect to the internet. They had a keyboard. <laughs> they had a uh, trivia controllers, I think, as well. They had a lot different items than we had. It was it was a lot more um, mature, I would say, the video game console market versus here. Yeah. It's, it took like 10, 10 years for us to catch up to them. Well, That's they, a whole other... they, they really, I think... Their view of the Famicom was, oh, this is uh, almost like a personal computer. Like, it it has the capabilities to be a computer. It had, it had the cassette thing as well, the Famicom right. cassette, I believe, for that. Um, so, yeah, you could really match it. Was there a trivia controller? I may have thinking of something else. May I'm going back to uh, Sega Pods. I thought there was Sega a trivia Pods. game. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not familiar with any trivia game, but who knows? There's probably stuff out there we still don't know about. Absolutely. Um, they all do a certain Famicom guidebook. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, that already exists. I, oh, that's right. I, 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 I guess how I discovered that. You. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I had to track down a, a copy I uh, used for like 80 bucks because no one has it anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh, I, I was actually reading through that the other day and some of the, the translations are pretty funny. They're like, uh, like for the Legend of Zelda right up there, like this game will give you immense pleasure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they did some full page, some half, and then a bunch were like four, right? Yeah, the the important games they gave half page, half page write ups for. Well, I do I do half page for all my write ups. Every oh. game's important. Oh. <laughs> well, you can do that when the library's on at like the Famicom, where it's over a thousand games. Uh, the Famicom library, Woo. or like or like Game Boy, where it's insane, or or PlayStation Two. Yeah, well, let's let's wait for that PlayStation Two guidebook. That'll be fun. Do you, th- you think we'll get to that point with the rise in oh, oh uh, the popularity? I think, I think we're we're almost there actually. Because we're almost there, where someone will be tackle. There'll be someone that will tackle every library of every I'll, console. I'll give you some Facebook insight here. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> uh, so I do my like today in history stuff, um, and we did one on the PlayStation Two launch and the launch of Microsoft's Xbox. And those are the two most popular videos I have for today in video game history on Facebook. I think you're seeing a younger generation 
that was their nostalgia, the PS2 and the Xbox. You're seeing the 20-year-olds now? You're like, seeing the, right. yeah, the late teens, 20s. They're like, oh, man, I remember playing uh, Jack and Daxter on my PS2 <laughs> when I was six years old. Yeah, you're getting to that point now. So you're, there's going to be some nostalgia coming in. Do you think, though, there'll be a love for the console itself or just the games? I think that's an argument I have with Ian. It's like, are people just going to remember the games more fondly than the actual console? That's, that's a good question. Or people attached to the console? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't. I think the NES has definitely has a love for the console as a whole. The PS2, I think, yeah, it might be more about the games. Well, you'll probably see a GameCube guidebook, probably every Nintendo console up to the GameCube. N- Nintendo's going to get everything because Nintendo's such a beloved company and everyone loves everything they put out, I even when it's not trying a great to do idea. A, I can't picture trying to do a guide to the Wii. That would be... Oh, God. Lots of shovelware. I was going to say... Ninja Bread how many, Man. How many one-star reviews can you write before you go nuts? <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. I mean, that's what oh, you'd be doing. Oh, my God. That'd this is the horrible. 47th bowling game on the on the console. <laughs> and you, In this game, you bowl. <laughs> Unlike bowling 18... I don't even know what... How many Wii bowling games are? I want to look that up. Wii yeah. bowling games. I guess you did like at least 12. Oh, God. Yeah, or just like a mini game compilation stuff. Oh my god, I can't imagine. <laughs> AMF bowling pinbusters. Oh, that's on the <laughs> DS. Okay. <laughs> the Nintendo Wii had a lot of great. It's the Wii frustrates me because it had so many really cool games, but the motion sensing aspect of a lot of them is like, I wasn't a big fan of the motion motion controls. I think Wii, Spo- Wii Sports is still like the best game that used motion controls, or one of the best. And that was a well, launch it w- title. It included with the system. Well, the problem was the Joy, uh, the um, not Joy-Con, the nunchuck part wasn't as precise as the Wii mote. How could it be, right? Yeah. So it was always like it kind of worked, but the Wii mote worked fine. Yeah. So some of the most fun I had was playing uh, Wii Play. I thought was a great set of mini games. Yeah. But that really didn't use the nunchuck as much as just the pointer to do stuff. Yeah. And there was a Duck Hunt-style game, actually, on there. Um, there was a shooting uh, game. They, uh, I mean, they, they released Duck Hunt on Virtual Console, and it, and it you could use the Wiimote with it, which yeah. made the game stupid easy. Yeah, it was a little too easy, right? <laughs> it was you insanely need, you easy. You almost need the little blocks. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> it's way too easy with that crosshair. <laughs> you can just sort of guide around with it real quick. Yep. Um. You can still buy. I'm looking at. You can still buy Wii games brand new on Amazon. Brunswick Pro Bowling, fifty bucks on Prime. Yeah. Uh, I think we're. I think we're nearing a, a tipping point almost when it comes to the retro stuff and nostalgia. I mean, we have Ready Player One. Uh, Was that coming out this weekend? Is it out uh, today? N- next next weekend. Is it next week? Yep. And so that is just heavily '80s and '90s nostalgia, right? I mean, that's what the the movie is. And, but it's, you have some modern yeah. gaming stuff in there. I, mean, I think there's a, I think was it Trace from Overwatch? There's an character Overwatch in there, character in there. Um, there's, there's even some anime. I, there's, I saw uh, Mobile Suit Gundam in the preview. Iron Giant is featured prominently in the trailer. So, so when you see a movie like that come out, I mean, yeah, they're going to make the book, yeah, but then now they're throwing in so many other pop culture references yeah. into here. Does, does, are we still clamoring for that much nostalgia in our lives, or just sort of the natural consumer market? realizing this is a thing and of course when you have Spielberg do a movie like this then you know that like retro gaming's made it and nostalgia is oh, where yeah. it's at yeah i think it's i think it's a big a big consumer thing uh there i think they definitely like yeah there's a market for this i mean ready I, player 1 was a bestseller for a long time sure so 
Well, I always pinpoint it where I, when I started seeing commercials featuring Super Mario Brothers, uh, I think it was two, three years ago, the Fruit Loops commercial. Mm-hmm. It's like two years ago. Then, then there was the McDonald's commercial. They have like a Bowser giving a gift to Mario. And my mind just like snapped. I'm like, I've never seen something like that before. Yeah. I've never seen retro games being used to advertise stuff that has nothing to do with retro games. Never <laughs> saw that. You know what I mean? Like, I never saw it. Uh, the, the commercial last year for Kia, they did Tecmo Super Bowl. Exactly. With Bo Jackson and everything. I mean, to, to sell a car. It's like, wow, we're old enough to buy cars. <laughs> yeah. We play these games. We have the yep. money to do that. And I just, I just saw, was it a Netflix show? Someone just playing Super Mario Brothers, or 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 was it was a trailer or something? They're they're playing the the water level from Super Mario. Oh Brothers. yes, you, um, you see that? What was that for? It's it's um, it's for some like new. Uh, it's about kids growing up in like the nineties. It's kind of like uh, it's like a funny, it's like a comedy show that takes place in the nineties, and they're at, they're so in, they're in middle too, school right? or something. Yeah, yeah. So. Now we see it. And Stranger we, Things. Stranger Things. I was going to say that. I yeah. mean, God, he gets an Atari for Christmas at the end of season one. Spoilers. He gets yeah. a VCS. <laughs> By then, though, the crash had happened, so all the games were $1.50. Yeah. Mom's so, like, yeah, what a great deal. <laughs> yeah, I got the Atari for, for 15 bucks. <laughs> I, uh, when I was doing the Rob episode, I that newspapers.com, once again, I saw old like flyers and newspapers for like 1984. Atari, 30 bucks. Games four dollars. Yeah. It's like that pre- previously forty nine ninety nine. The VCS was over two hundred dollars, yeah. New. And so now, now you have it be a fraction of it. That's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stranger Things. We're out to wait for the nineteen eighty six episode to see Nintendo really being played. They can't fit into eighty five. We're watching. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe eighty six or definitely eighty seven. Yeah. This is not. This is not canonical. My immersion is ruined. The one thing I saw, though, that they fixed for Season 2, and I swear to God, I spied it right away, the Millennium Falcon they used in Season 1 was not the original Millennium Falcon. It was the re-release from the 90s. Oh, um, did they get called out for that? I called out as soon as I said it. I could tell by the, the color <laughs> of the plastic. I was like, that's not it. But for Season 2, when they showed it, they got an old one. They did have an oh, old one. Very good. I did point they out. They probably I read like, your that's tweet. That's They are like, oh. <laughs> Actually. It's Pat guy. <laughs> I'm going to call the one actually from your video. No, I told you in private. <laughs> Are you embarrassed? No, I, no okay. go ahead. I, so Donkey Kong Jr. Because, hey, you Don- got fooled in, so in Frank Cifaldi even in that article you referenced. This, this, that, that was from Chris Kohler's article and from Nintendo.com. So Donkey Kong Jr. Math was not a launch title. But Nintendo always referenced it as such as long, right. along, with Mach, along with Mach Rider. Maybe, maybe so, they just lumped in the national release. With the test market, I don't, I don't but, know, but, but the rest they, they did. Or maybe they it, just though. got it wrong. Of the of the of the thirty black box games, no, there's some that say you know eighty six, but those are weird. That's what's so weird. Is Nintendo wasn't even tracking it. So the debate about Super Mario Brothers coming out in October or November, people weren't entirely sure about. If that, it actually launched. that is that is such a is that strange? It's so strange. Well, even um, I was uh, trying to find the release date of Super Mario Brothers three, and there is none. It was on a specific day. It, it had it a rolling like, release. They were just like, okay, here's a few, and they sent them off to stores. And then next <laughs> week, okay, here's some more. Like so certain, depending on where certain you are, areas you, of the country were getting it before others. So you could debate someone and say, oh, it came out that month. No, it came out that month. I didn't see it in my toilet. Yeah. It's like, well, you're both right, I guess. Yeah. Technically. And Wikipedia says, I think, like February 16th. It's sourced from an IGN article that doesn't exist anymore. So It's rough. It's yeah. rough finding those dates. I, I revised a lot with the NES book. Yeah, 
And it seemed like a lot more information has only come out the past couple of years. The first, really going the back. first game to have like a big street date was Sonic the Hedgehog two. That oh, was like really the, the first, first one? the first game that was like, yeah, this day, this game's coming out. Get ready, be hyped. And now games do that from then on. You know, Sonic Tuesday. Which is what yeah, I mean, it. I I I did that review that no one saw about Steam events, showing that hey, the launch title we all, uh, the launch date we all knew was not correct. There's no way it came out when people said. There's no way it came out in September of '87. It was a, wasn't it a test market game at Babbage's or Woolworths or <laughs> Woolworths? <laughs> but I think that's important that you go to you go to these original sources as as best you can. Yeah, and it's like, really like news, important. Like, because hell, when I did the NES guidebook, when I saw the same things you did about Mock Rider and Don Collins Jr. Myth, I'm like, let me double check that. And the only way I could tell was going back into like the newspaper articles and seeing that, whoa, I don't see Don Collins Jr. Math advertised anywhere mm-hmm. in, in these in these first few months. So it didn't come out. And that's the only way you can it could really get down to the, the end of it. Can you imagine getting that game with your new NES? I knew a kid that had it. Let's say you, I you knew get the basic set with just the console with Donkey Kong Jr. math. In, in 86, it's like, <laughs> well, well, you know, we could have got you Donkey Kong, but this is educational. And then you yeah, like learn some math. You start crying. <laughs> and, you, and that's why no one bought that game. That's a strange title. That's the only educational title they did. I, I've thought about doing a video on Donkey Kong Jr. math. Um, the other thing i'd love to the do famicom on. ones you can lump in with the with the famicom learning titles so there's a few yeah. famicom learning titles there's uh there's a big mystery around a game called return of donkey kong yes there's an image of that that was in yeah. uh yes. it, was it power or fun club i forget uh I it should... was uh, it was in the like nintendo players guide i think i should know that i just went through it for the fucking yeah. video it's You're in right. the back it's like coming yes. soon return coming of donkey soon kong. And is it a debate whether or not they actually worked on that or just mocked up an image? Is that what I is? Yeah, I, the mystery around it, I've talked to Frank Cifaldi about it as well, and he's just like, there's so little info on that. Who knows what that was supposed to be? You think that you know, they could have worked on it for a week and said, oh, we're going to advertise that? I think that was, uh, yeah, I think it was also in a fun club issue. Mm-hmm. It was in some like or, Swedish Nintendo magazine as well. Or it might have been also in Pack Watch in the back of, a, of a, an early Nintendo Power. I told. Yeah, I'm thinking it was in a pack watch. Well, the pack watch did advertise games that never were released. Yeah. Absolutely. They did that all the time. Um, what is it? Chesterfield, a big Tokai game. You saw it advertised like two or three times. It was mm-hmm. advertised at Fun Club with like, you know, other games along with Clash of Demon Head. It never came out. Yeah. You know? So it's very interesting the direction and how they were really specific about what games came out in the U.S. versus Japan. Yeah. They really were careful about that. Not too many of the same type of game. No, no devil period. world. No devil world. No devil world, <laughs> which is better than Clue Clueland. Miyamoto's finest creation. He's still hoping for that return. Return of Clue Clue Land. <laughs> return of Clue <laughs> Clue Land returns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think Ian would freak out just if he was like a Smash character somehow. I I like that attack. game, but I could never get used to the controls, like swinging around the the it's, pegs. It's broken. It always confused it, me. You don't get used to it. You think you do, you don't get used to it. <laughs> then again, Ian has a strange love affair with City Connections. So what are you, you going to do? City Connections. <laughs> Run over the cats and stuff. It, it's yeah. a fun game, but, uh, you know, come on, Ian. It's, 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 I, don't know about, I don't know about four stars. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go nuts. That was the debate. Sometimes Ian and I, would, we'd, we'd uh, quarrel over the star ratings of some games in the guidebook that yeah. he gave. He, that's what he, he that's what get, makes it that's what makes uh that's what makes it fun though you get to debate 
debate me debate I, me on I, this i saw i saw one review of my book complain about some of the some very specific complaints about very specific reviews like castlevania 2 it's like how could you give it only three and a half stars and it's like if i'm within a half star or i don't even, i don't think i reviewed that ian did but if you're within like a half star i think we can say okay it's kind of universally yeah. accurate yeah but don't don't tell me castlevania 2 is a five-star game you know don't no. tell me it's four and a half stars even. And, and and some of the <laughs> some of the complaints people you know people are like well well you just didn't know you had to do that. And it's like, yeah, but the game didn't like make that known to me. Like, <laughs> it's not like a natural progression when you're playing. I don't have the I don't have the game facts uh, yeah. document in front of me. Why didn't you know about this super obscure secret? Because <laughs> no one knew about it. <laughs> yeah. Unless you had an issue of Nintendo Power, you had no idea. Yeah. About the fucking tornado thing. You had no <laughs> idea. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't like a, a clue, like the warp whistle. You know, or, or like in Zelda, like you know where to, where to warp from or tell you. Zelda did a great job telling you where to go. Like Legend of Zelda, you didn't need a cheat sheet. You just had to follow the clues and you actually knew what to do. Right. Very that's subtle why clues. Put, that's why I put Legend of Zelda on a pedestal. Because it didn't didn't force feed you things, but you still had to think a little bit as like an eight-year-old yeah. about about what to do at the same time. Ian actually said he played that after Zelda 2, which I thought was funny. Of course, you had to be different. Playing through <laughs> Playing through Mario 3 this past week. Some of the secrets in that game are so obscure you would never know about them, like uh, huh. like ducking on the platform, holding a turtle shell, like puts you behind the stage, and then you run and get the warp whistle. In World how did like I learn about that as a kid? Was that was that in Nintendo Power Player's Guide or one of the yeah yeah of, of course yeah it was definitely in in the Player's Guide. But then like the one or, they included the, yeah. or to get the coin ship to turn a Hammer Brothers into a coin ship, you're. Your score has to end in like ten or sixty, and you have to have sixty-six coins or eleven coins. Oh, that was classified information. And, and a, then you have to end the level on like an odd or even number. Like, it was insane. Like some of the secrets in that game. So that they really, how would you have discovered that? You'd have to read a guide. So they they put that in the game just for you can buy the guide stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, they like they don't do that anymore. There's no way. Like in some of the new Mario games, like if your score ends in a thirty-two. And you have the, the <laughs> fire suit, then you'll go to the no. secret level. Now they just make you play forever, or, or buy DLC, or buy an amiibo to unlock stuff, and that's <laughs> basically yeah. Well, Norm, this is great catching up. Yeah, absolutely, this was fun. We could talk for more, but I gotta eat lunch and edit this some point. You gotta, you gotta get on with your day. You're not gonna be streaming though uh, today on Facebook. Not today. Today's my day off. Today I, well, uh, I get stuff done around the house. Well, that that sounds great, and yeah. uh, I'm hoping to see you soon at an event. Hopefully, too um, many games. It, uh, maybe I'll submit for the retro game uh, gaming and gaming history panel at Comic Con. If you're interested, I'll put you on that. Yeah, and if you do get that, I will. I will definitely come out for that. Well, you can stay at Castle Country. Castle, yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I will resubmit for that because we did it with Pixel Dan, we did it with Andre, we did it with Ian and James uh, two years ago. Last That's year, I right. didn't submit for it. I figured they didn't want to do the same one two years in a row. And then Andre tells me afterwards, no, you should have submitted the same one. They like the same thing. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so thanks, Andre. Thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> that was sort of like an honor getting a, a Comic-Con panel. I've never been to and Comic-Con, so I'd love to you, check it out. Uh, bring the wife out. I'll have, a, I'll have an air mattress list by then. You guys can stay here. There we go. Absolutely. It's, okay. a, it's, it's a, not a bad lift drive away. It's like a $15 lift drive. You know, it's not terrible. Um, what else? So what's what's coming on in the future besides you working uh, five days a week for Facebook? What else is going on? <laughs> uh, well, you know, we just put out Rob, 
which uh, which was good because that was also another longish video after, right after the Tetris one. So I'm going to keep going on the longer form videos. Those seem to be, for YouTube anyway, that's like the bread and butter. So as far as to- topics, yeah, I don't, I don't really know yet. All right. <laughs> I want to do, I want to do another giant video like Tetris, but I'm trying to figure out what the subject should be. But I do want to do, uh, I've been talking about doing this for years, but this year I think I'm finally going to do it is the in-person sit down interviews with people, you know, like oh. fly out to them, interview well, them. I think that's where the Kickstarter might have to come into handy. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Maybe. Do you think so? Oh, and there will, there, there will, of course, be a Blu-ray Volume 2 this year. Oh, there is. Is that, is that getting worked on? Yep. Just started it this week, actually. Did you really? Yep. So you are going to be at conventions again this, this year. Okay. <laughs> no, I won't. I mean, not not many. I'll, I'll, to... I'll, be at, I'll be at my favorite ones. I'll be at, you know, Portland I, is my absolute favorite. So I'll definitely be at Portland, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see about, about the, the rest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm locking myself in just the one. Yeah. I guess. I guess uh, we'll see about Norway happening this year. We'll see. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about Norway. Nothing I'd love Norway. to go back. Norway was fun, but that's coming up that's soon. They got a bunch of Atari engineers going to that one. They do. They sort of. They sort of changed their focus. Yep. Uh, this year, the, us dirty YouTubers aren't bringing in the cash anymore. <laughs> We're uh, washed out. That. We're done. We're washed out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been great. Um, and then maybe I'll ask you, think about it. Maybe you want to be compensated for an article for a, a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. Think of a Ooh. nice topic. Ooh. I'm not going to pay you for the review, even though I should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think of something that might interest you. Some sort of like uh, off-the-beaten-path topic. Okay. Could be interesting. When, uh, do you have a date for that coming out yet? Well... Um, Kickstarter is definitely going to happen this year. Oh, wow. That's moving a lot faster than I thought. Um, but then, um, the release date, I can try to push it for this year by killing myself. Definitely within the first half of next year. Like, yeah, absolutely. But we'll see how much I can get done. It's been a, it's been a lot slower for me personally writing because of this move. Um, I think I'm going to write Street Fighter 2 today. I'm going to actually start posting my reviews on my Patreon. Some written reviews. That's a good idea. With some screenshots. I'm a, I might start doing that myself, so people, so people get a feel from it, for it, and it gets me motivated to do it more. Um, so uh, yeah, that'll be good. And well, you know, I'll, I'll promote your little Kickstarter. I won't criticize it too much uh, when it comes out. Norb's selling out. He used to do these videos for free. <laughs> now he's asking for money to fly places. I got to pay my taxes. That's why I'm asking. Oh for yes. Money. Oh, yes. We won't go through that. That's a whole other podcast conversation about that. How, that could be another two-hour podcast. Well, how rough it is working for yourself and doing taxes and paying. Like it's just, woo. Yeah. Woo. This year and was we'll, my first year where the taxes were like, good Lord. So. And we won't get into the L, I won't get into the LLC stuff. That's what I'm going through now. Yeah. That's all the conversation. Well, people, people out there, people out there, where, where can people out there find you, Norm, on Twitter, to, uh, Facebook? Game. Game and Historian everywhere. YouTube.com slash Game and Historian. Facebook.com slash Game and Historian. Twitter.com slash Game and Historian. Instagram.com slash Game and Historian. You have a new Instagram. You know, I've had new? it I've had it for years. I posted I posted a picture in twenty fifteen and then I never I hadn't touched it since. And then I was on it the other day and I was having a lot of fun on there. And I was like, I should post on here more. So I started it you back think- up. Is that you're gonna be start being an Instagram cam model? Is that, is that yeah, sure. Instagram I'll model? I'll show my workouts in the gym shirtless on Instagram. Instagram scares me because I don't always have a picture to post. I I think what I like about Instagram is it's it's not a lot of um, 
you know how Twitter can be pretty negative and draining sometimes, just reading Toxic through Twitter? As fuck. Yeah. Instagram's just like, here's a fun, happy world that exists. Because everyone posts positive stuff on Instagram. So people aren't adding you on purpose and trying to go after you? And not be like, you suck. What? Like other YouTubers and then have to apologize, which has happened to me like every month now where someone's apologizing to me. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Instagram's like Instagram's like uh, Disneyland. Disneyland is of social really? media. It's just fun, yeah. Disneyland with lots of lots of girls and thongs. That's what it is. So. Well, I don't know anything about that, but... Oh, all right. <laughs> I think the, the sexiest person I follow on Instagram is Square Painter. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, we did that... Did that sexy you can't see it, the Google thirteen from the last Mac I saw. Yeah, I've got some got some square painter pieces in my background too. <laughs> All right, we will definitely talk uh, in a bit. I have some stuff that I'll tell you about offline that I can't share with the rest of the people right now. Ooh. But uh we'll uh we'll see you later. Say bye say goodbye to everyone, Norm. Bye, thanks for having me on, dude. That does it for this not so common podcast. Thanks to sponsor Dollar Shave Club. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat and you can get the executive razor. It's a six-bladed razor with four four cartridges for only a dollar. Free shipping, no commitment, cancel anytime. It's a high-quality blade razor you can shave with at an affordable price. They also have things at Dollar Shave Club like One Wipe Charlie's. Get a little cleaner back there than you normally would. They have shave butter. They have lots of stuff. To keep you clean, keep you nice in the bathroom. Again, go to dollarshaveclub.com slash pat. You get any razor there for a dollar with free shipping, including my favorite, the executive razor. And yeah, that's it for this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. Please subscribe. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, you know, you can listen to the audio podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Store, and other podcasting platforms. Please like the podcast if you may. Leave a comment. Let others know on social media how much you enjoy the Not So Common Podcast. Get more ears and eyes on it, or just ears if you're listening to it. <laughs> Finally, if you want to help support the Not So Common Podcast and me, I have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next time.